0: One, two, three.
1: to another episode of Too Much to Cover with Hercules and Adonis. This week, we cover the Rock's heel promo on SmackDown. Dave Meltzer is mad at a Darby Allin promo about the Young Bucks. We'll also cover John Cena on Stern and loving Vince forever. And then, in our retro review, we'll go over to Chicago for the Chi-Town Rumble of 1989. We'll see ya when we get back. listening to too much to cover available exclusively literally anywhere you can find a podcast how's your wig collection is it lacking the color green is it lacking curls well at doink's green wigporium we have wigs in over one color and one style featuring green and curled wigs We have thousands and thousands of green wigs and we're having a huge sale on green curly clown style wigs that are very specific to one style and one color. These are for guys that still pay for the doink gimmick on the indies or doink cosplayers for wrestling conventions in New Jersey and you know, WrestleMania and stuff. No one else, and I mean no one. If you are not a doink cosplayer or a Doink Gimmick guy on the Indies, do not buy these wigs from us. They will just sit in your closet for literally years. They've been sitting in my shop here forever and I only sell to the same guys that do the Doink gimmicks or do the cosplay in. I need to sell these wigs so there needs to be more Doinks on the Indies. These are premium style wigs. You will not find a better Doink style wig anywhere you look. Doinks Green Wigporium is located on Route 24 near Morristown. On the left, over there by the abandoned Sinclair Station. And you can visit our website at greenclownwigonly.com. That's greenclownwigonly.com. Thank you very much. Have a clowny day. Welcome back to another episode of Too Much to Cover. I am John, uh, otherwise known as Hercules Oridonis. I am joined by my friend who's also otherwise known as Hercules Oridonis. We don't know, but he is also the meat match marsupial, the Kamala koala, the Paul Roma of Perth, Justin Shepard. And so, Justin, I always I have to ask you as we start all of these episodes, what's your general temperament today?
2: I am...
1: Absolutely perfect. Good, because we have some perfection to cover today. There's a lot of really good stuff going on in the business, and there was some really good stuff going on on our retro review in 1989 with Ric Flair versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Chi-Town Rumble, 89. Five-star match as rated by Uncle Dave, Dave Meltzer. Yay! Hop, 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 hop. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get there soon enough. But uh, we we had to take a week off. We had a I had a loss in family, John. So um, I had a loss, um, cousin cousin of mine. So we'll uh, you know took a week. Wanted to wanted to push back, and we got a little more time to review because we're so tardy when we try to review these all the time. Uh, our retro reviews it takes us a whole week to watch one pay per view sometimes. Yep. Yep. We keep busy schedules, we have families, we have lives, and we just procrastinate like you wouldn't believe. Yep,
2: so. still didn't finish either, did you?
1: <laughs> did you fin- You didn't finish <laughs> no, we either. No, you- we just did together. I know, just we now. just finally finished the Flair Steamboat match just a few minutes ago. <laughs> and uh, Man, it was a burner. That match really turned yeah, around it was towards fun. the end, but we'll, we'll get to that. So um, I guess we'll just kind of start with last week. Uh, we were actually, we, we were going to record this right after it happened. Um, Before we decided to put a pause on last week, but the Rocks promo, the Rocks promo on SmackDown, um, you know, full heel, full heel rock. um, I mean, Salt Lake City, Trailer Park Trash, Versace shirt. You know, fat shame in the audience. To be
2: clear, you're not calling Salt Lake City Trailer Park Trash. Yes, I am. I
1: hate Salt Lake City. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. (laughs) No, come on, man. You know how Houston feels about Salt Lake. I mean... <laughs> In a, basketball, yes. Yeah, no, and yeah. that's everything else. But no, the, the, okay, so the reason that I have, and I, and it's stupid, emotionally, though, emotionally, it was because of the the stuff that Vernon Maxwell heard. Oh, I see. When he I was... Yeah. Yes, it was a lot of yeah, yeah. racial stuff that happened. So Ooh. I've always kind of held it against well, that. I know it know. ain't the same place, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's prob- it may be worse, maybe better, I don't know. It's
2: probably best we move on.
1: Yeah, but... I Maybe don't know. not. I don't know. I, I don't I'm just know. saying. I'm just giving you why I emotionally feel it. I like. see. Yeah, I see. Um, so I really, you know, I mean, as much as, like, I, I don't, I'm kind of over the rock stuff, it was, it was fun. I wasn't all jazzed about it the first time I saw it. When yeah. I watched the second time, I really did like it. I thought it was better the second time around. I just let me appreciate it a little bit more.
2: What about it was uh, different for you the second time?
1: Um, okay, so I was showing um, my son, Heel Rock. Right? Like he's he's only known face raw, baby face rock, you know, rock you know, the dirty dropping the the dirty words every once in a while or yeah. You know, and I remember I even took my daughter and I and I asked her about it the other night. I said, Do you remember when we went to Raw? It was a Raw one thousand in, in in the Toyota Center. And what? Wait, what? Raw one thousand was a Toyota Center? I think so. It was either Raw one thousand or raw. Wait, raw one thousand was never punk. Like, turned no no, 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 attacked Rocky. Okay, no, that's not it then. It was right after. It was 20 years. Okay. It was a 20-year anniversary. Got it. Where Rock sang to Vicky with his guitar. And, (laughs) no, you you want to know what CM Punk did that night? No. He wrestled Brodus Clay. I said no. I said no. He wrestled Brodus Clay. (laughs) The the Funkasaurus? Yes. In about a seven-minute burner that was awful for Punk. I don't know how he... That's like trying to get him through a match with top dollar of somebody nowadays, but it was bad. It yeah, was bad, bad, bad. Okay. Right. And, you know, he just, he went out there, Brodus, and just looked, I mean, it was awful. The main event of that night was Ziggler versus Cena in a cage. how that go? Which was not bad at all. Yeah, i Hadley sure, was a big sure fan. Yeah. And the Shield oh. walked by us. The Shield was Ooh. in our section. Yeah, we were straight on. <laughs> uh, we, we had the, um, we had the, seats in the lexus lounge as it was called back then the, yes. le- the very first because you're fancy because i'm fancy, like fancy. so yep. we were mm-hmm. straight on with the ring like right heart facing the hard camera shield roman is in our on our right seth and dean at the time were on our left and huh. walked right by us and I, I tried to pull my phone out and my 2013 phone couldn't take a picture at all like this was, is, this is fresh shield there. i mean yeah this is when they first you know I think it was several months after they were but yeah when they were still coming through the crowd all together as a unit right. so
2: um it's funny you bring that up because today i was just scrolling through some random reels and there was a there was a video from uh roman on conan o'brien oh okay and he's talking about how he's walking down through the crowd first of all roman as big as he is looks like he's in this like oversized blazer like he's wearing his dad's blazer he's super okay. strange dude
1: it's funny that you bring that up because I always said for years that Cena looks so terrible in a suit. (laughs) Like when they were trying to put him out there and like wear a suit on the tonight shows and stuff when he was still, they have tailors backstage. Yeah. But they would come out with it and they look like, uh, Uh, who's a big square looking guy from the X-Men. Uh, I can't remember. The thing. (laughs) Sure. He looks like the thing in a suit. um, but they did not look good in suits any of any time those guys did that. So
2: anyways, he's still a super young Roman, and he's in this oversized dad jacket. Nathan for you, Jack. yep, yeah, exactly right. And so he's there, and he's explaining to Cohen in the story about how whenever they used to come down to the crowd, you know, all the times that he's been grabbed and how nope. many t- how many times he's been grabbed in the places that, you know, don't really want to be grabbed
1: probably mainly on house shows
2: by strangers it's it's the backside. it wasn't you know anything oh super crazy right but
1: i guess that's less
2: but yeah so now that i know now that i know that they walked (laughs) right by you he kept mentioning this woman you know and in security is like hey do we throw her out she good she no good and um
1: now that they're mentioning it i'm looking at you john was it you the woman yeah. That grabbed his backside? Yeah. I can promise you. Was it you? That it was not me. Because okay. by the time I had turned and saw Seth on my left, Seth uh-huh. and Dean, Roman had already walked past me. I see. So when I looked down. So you I was grabbed like, Seth. Oh, my God. I looked to my by. right crap Seth. <laughs> I was in the last, me and the kiddo were in the last two seats. We were in seats one and two right there. Um, so Roman was directly to my right. I would have been able to grab his patukas. I told you if I wanted to. I well, you know, but I always I was, hey Roman, do you consent to this? And then grab right. Oh, I see. That's the way I was back then. That's such a gentleman. I was super woke back then. Yes, very well. Um, I listened to Ch- Childish Gambino. All that. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I look and I'm like, oh my god, Hadley, look. And I look and I look to the left and there's there they are. That's awesome, man. And then by the time I go, well, Roman must be on my right. Hey, Roman. Oh. He's 13 rows in front of me now, so yeah, we saw the ones that were far away. I pulled the camera out, didn't get a shot. So anyway, I was showing Hudson, my son, which I now I've said both their names. It's okay, that's great. Um, I was showing him uh, Heel Rock the yeah. second time around, and just seeing him kind of laugh at stuff, and then him kind of cringe at stuff. Like, am I supposed to laugh at that? Mm-hmm. Was kind of was kind of cool. And then having to, you know, getting to have the conversation after you know he knows i don't have to tell him cuz we've had that conversation many times about about he's very protective of people and doesn't doesn't he hates that kind of stuff he won't even let me do prank calls anymore oh, even when people bro, even bad. when people call me he will like stop me from really? know, like, starting in on my jerky oh, boy stuff that i did for now i've built a career out of years it and years. 27 yeah. years mm-hmm. of it yeah. um the first job i got when i was 14 years old but now he doesn't even let me do that. So he was, you know, he was kind of cringing at some of the stuff he was saying. But it was like, oh, it makes sense because we're supposed to not like him, you know. I mean, he's eleven. It's not like he's 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 well beyond. Um, I don't know. Just just social intelligence, I guess, of his age. I think he's because we never baby talked him. Maybe maybe that was I don't know. I mm-hmm. always talked to him like he was twenty five.
2: So yeah, I still talk to him like he's twenty five.
1: Yeah, but yeah, he's he's a really grown up eleven year old. So it didn't. You know, like a lot of the pe- a lot of people would would have problems showing that to their kids and go, "Oh, you can't say this, you can't say that." It's like, he doesn't. <laughs>
2: it's funny he you knows. say that showing that to your kids. You can't say this, you can't say that. I was working in a restaurant and I had an employee. who was probably in his late fifties. Uh, his name was James. Uh, I hope he's listening somewhere. But he would always look at me. He was a big wrestling fan. Only mm-hmm. two people, and if you ever work in a place where you're. The only wrestling fans there, you just speak that language, Absolutely. and nobody else does. And he'd always look at me and he'd say, "Justin, do you like pie?" Oh, God. James, <laughs> please stop. Please, I know stop this is right going. now exactly. Yeah. We're we're doing Rocky, and it's probably not the best thing. So we're a little off uh, off the rails on this one. But yeah, we're just talking about you know rock and promos and whatnot. So
1: where were we? Yeah, just where just the way he's cutting it the salt lake crowd and um so he comes okay he walks out he's got the versace like vest best. shirt kind of thing a vest he looks ridiculous um i liked it better well then i'm was, gonna
2: send mine back now yeah you
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean i don't know what you spend on 1800 right get i prefer not to so not to um that yeah that's the that's the funny thing um he comes out, he's got the, the glasses, which were not back in the day glasses that the Rock would have worn. They're like what Rock Heel now would wear. So he's just kind of a weird, I don't know, I just think he looks kind of goofy as he's coming to the ring. But it's whatever. You know, he gets in the ring. I was hoping for them to like all embrace, like they all hug or high five. or I was like hoping for that, and I didn't get that. So I felt like, body language wise, they all stood and they all faced him. And it just felt so disconnected. I guess that's why I didn't like it the first time, yeah. is because, and maybe there's something to that, because he said some stuff or, in the promo too, like, the bloodline and the rock are the best duo ever created. Like, what do you mean, duo? There's seven of you or six of you. But
2: <laughs> who's counting?
1: I, I mean, so the bloodline is one person. They're as over as the rock is one person, I is, guess. Is
2: the rock season. So, it,
1: yeah. I mean, no, I guess it, it's fine. It makes sense. Yeah. But. Um, I, saw, I thought I thought it was a weird line, okay. But I didn't like how he stood there away from everybody the whole time.
2: I, I did. I think that you could be rolling up a storyline in and of itself in doing that.
1: There's some extra there, probably.
2: I hope not. There's I hope. I hope not because if if that's the case and they're fumbling the whole thing, you know, because The Rock, even though he is separate from everybody else because of everything that he's done, like it or not, but. I just don't think that you can bring this one guy in and then put him so far ahead of a Roman race. Like, yeah. And we talked about this on the last episode. Yep. You know, it's just like, you can't bring him in and have him make Roman. It's look like, he, terrible. it's like he you just can't do that. Bit. It's to me, what's the point. You got one of the, like the longest running champions in the history of professional wrestling. And then you're just going to ruin it all in two weeks by making him just look super weak next to
1: this other guy. I don't think they're, I don't they're, think they're ruining it. Um, I just think they're young manning him a little bit. It's like young, like you know, when somebody who thinks they know better than you just because they they're older than you. Yeah, uh, that's what I. That's kind of what I feel like happened. Like, hey, Unc, you know, like.
2: So uh, a part of the storyline. No,
1: oh there's... no, like inadvertently did it, wow. like because he stood away from them. I don't think so. I think there's something in this. I but really do. As far as the content of the promo, it was fine. I mean. Making fun of Cody, I I just thought he could have done a little more with the with the Cody and Seth stuff in particular. Um, I thought that was kind of weak. I liked the crowd work though. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, I even the even the the fat shaming. Um, yeah. that He was doing. <laughs> you
2: know, this is a fine line between being funny and being mean. You know, yeah, but he wasn't
1: and, speaking to anyone in particular. He was just I you know, yelled at
2: that lady or guy. I to come down
1: there and slap the herpes. It was a guy, and lip. it wasn't a it wasn't a big guy. It wasn't a, an obese dude. It was a, it was a skinny dude with, it, herpes it, his with herpes on with herpes <laughs> probably that had a sign that said Mormon <laughs> rains. Mormon. Which, yes. That's amazing. I want that shirt. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Cause he did make the fifty wives joke too. He made the yes, Mormon he did. joke, which yeah. go for it, right? Yeah, sure right. I don't know how many of the population are still Warren Jeff's fans. I doubt yeah, it. Oh, but oh, whatever. Um you want to move on from that too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I can't get through We're this. We're not covering true right crime. We're not covering nope. Nope. Mormon cults. Like oh all right, you're right. We will move on. Okay. Yeah. Um <laughs> but so you, you watched the promo, right? Um, you, you saw what he looked like. You heard the highlights. You, I mean, what do you, How do you feel at this point about the effectiveness of what he was able to do the other night when he came out there last week? I thought he looked great.
2: I thought he was funny. Um, actually, liked the vest. Uh, reminded me of some of his old mm-hmm. you know, attire and garb. Uh, like you said, I don't like the way, or at least in my eyes, I don't like the way they're making Roman look because it's kind of diminishing everything that we've done but I, like I said I think there's something to all of this but uh yeah I think it's a great great setting of the table I'm ready to I'm ready to see where we're all going to go with this
1: Well they have to set the table if they know where they're going to sit yes I know the head
2: yeah 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 <laughs> I realized that when I was saying it, it was yes. like god
1: He's got a dad joke. This is. not Yeah. He? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. left myself open for that he one. Huh? Yes. it is So. Yep. All right. Well, just to kind of kind of. Oh, my God. What? A, no. Sorry. We're I'm watching talking about the
2: guy sitting on the stairs. I was <laughs> watching <laughs>
1: Vader hit that leapfrog. <laughs> all okay. right. So is this where we're going to be back right after this? We are. No. Yes. OK. Yeah. No, we going. are. I, it's just funny because we had just wrapped up the shytown Rumble watching it. So. Yeah. Uh, and it did this to us last week when uh-huh. we were watching it, and it auto-played into the best of the Clash. So we're it watching this, stops. Oh, this amazing match. Like, what a lineup here. It, it's just in the background. And we always have wrestling on when we're doing the pod. So, But we have Sting and Flair as the baby faces against Vader and Rick Rude with Harley Race. This is amazing. Dude. Awesome. Oh, my God. Like, I don't care if it's a bad match or not. Just the visual of these four guys in the ring. I love it. Definitely. So. Yeah, we'll be right back. We got uh we got the Dave Meltzer um being angry. We're gonna we're gonna listen to his audio on Is he angry at? He is he is angry at the at AW and as a whole as to why they um as to why they would put a promo like that on TV and okay it basically like we're gonna put this out there. We're gonna let Darby go out and do his thing. So, Sounds good. Yeah, you're gonna like it. I love uh, it. We got some Meltzer audio on the other side.
2: Hey, brother, hey, you just squashed a local
1: jobber and you don't know what to do with the bloody carcass. Well, you come to the right place? Here at Barbarian Taxidermy, we can bring the guys with the weird peroxide mullets and the dumpy cinglets back to life. Opposing experts specialize in styles of Dwayne Gill, the Mokey Brothers, and Dale Wolf. If things get a little bit hairy, even the Greek god
0: does cantagoras. We are now accepting premium pre-order requests for Barry Horowitz and Brooklyn Brawler-style posing walk is only because savages like us
1: do not understand modern technology like the phones and alike. barbarian taxidermy is located in that big mountain outside of town right there on the side come see us soon
0: stuff there but uh, um, you know again like uh, uh, the the rampage and collision were both the biggest numbers of the year so uh Two big numbers coming off of that disappointing number last week. So perhaps, um, and I actually want to make this point now too, is I thought that Darby Allen interview was so counterproductive. I, I, I couldn't believe it. They ended that show last week with a hot angle, and he comes back, and his blood is all over these guys' jackets. Never brings it up. They beat up Sting's sons with a baseball bat. Never brings it up. They beat up Sting and him with a baseball bat. Bloodied him up. Never brings it up. And start talking about this. Um, you know, basically his interview was to get over Cody Rhodes, a star, the biggest star in WWE or the biggest baby. We didn't get in a WWE. Cody
1: chant on AEW.
0: But, but how could you not? Yeah. I mean, that interview was all about, oh, you guys, you know, it's like it was so Russo, so Russo. You know what I mean? Like just... Um, And even using, like, even using the Cornette vernacular, you know, like, trying to make the Cornette stuff, it's like, they're trying to make Cornette into the baby face when all he's done is shit on that product, which is, I mean, it's great for Cornette, but, I mean, it's like, what the hell are you doing with this, oh, you know, all friends wrestling? You know, it's like, what's that supposed to mean? And going like, you know, you guys didn't want me, you wanted Brandon Cutler, your buddy, and... It was a different EVP that brought me in, and it's not Kenny Omega, so they all start chanting Cody. What, it's like, you, why did, why did they even, why did they even shoot that angle?
1: Go, Fist, 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 go. Go. So, I want to let the music play a little bit. Because... Why do do you like this song? Tell me why you like this song. Because
2: I like the Hulk. Which Hulk? Lou Ferrigno's Hulk.
1: Lou Ferrigno's Hulk. Yeah. Does he look like anyone that that we're covering in this segment?
2: Lou Ferrigno doesn't look like anybody we're covering in this segment. Does he
1: look like... Yes, he does. No, he doesn't.
2: But Dave Meltzer looks like his little brother. (laughs) Okay,
1: okay. So if you guys don't know this, this is uh, for our listeners that are... In The 35 to 44 bracket, you may get it. And for the listeners who are in the
2: shoot, this thing was out before we were
1: 45 yeah. to well, I'm going to the next okay, gotcha. I'm going to the next, um, yeah, demographic, yeah. okay, sorry. You know, in the key demo that Meltzer likes right. to bring up, in the next key demo, in the 45 to 60, you do know this one. <laughs> you do know this one. Meltzer knows it. Wait, no, he's not does in that. Does he
2: not look like demo. Lou Ferrigno? Just does, a little bit, he
1: does look like Lou Ferrigno. A lot of it. I think so. <laughs> Quite a lot of it, actually. I think so. He lifts like Lou Ferrigno. He's yep. the, you know, San Jose bodybuilder. the arms, the ears. San Jose bodybuilder of the year. That's right, baby. 23 years in a row. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, that's why he's loved by his buddies in the buck, the buckaroo buddies. Oh, goodness the gracious. The bonsai buckaroo. Right,
2: let's get going.
1: So we heard. All right. So we we, we didn't include the Darby promo um, in the audio. We just included dave being mad um and you How, know you heard it right before they turn green obviously. he did not turn green like most of the ew roster which <laughs> didn't turn green they were green they, they need green. to turn ungreen. Yes. Uh-huh. um just kind of recapping um real quick darby's promo couple of cornet lines gets them to chant cody's name i totally agree with dave that it was russo-ish because it's way too shooty for when you're completely ignoring the big angle that they shot the week before. Okay. The biggest problem I have with what Dave said was, what's great for Cornette, how is it great for Cornette when his audience is bigger than Dynamite? Please tell me, Cornette's podcast has a bigger download per episode. I'm talking both shows. Does better than Dynamite and Collision. How is that great for Cornette? Everybody knows that Dave... You
2: know he likes to rub elbows with people, and so he just wants to throw Corny's name out there. So, you know, oh,
1: they're at. He is Corny has blocked him. I don't know how many times He's said so many bad <laughs> things about Cornette, and of course Cornette has said plenty of bad things about Dave. Sure, a lot of people just have. about every week. Yeah, I mean, the show is. But um, the the thing, man, here is what I want to get at: is that this is the thing that broke Dave, like. This is the thing that made him go, and I know he's been critical of AEW before. It's not like it's the first time. But him being bothered by this and saying, why would you do that? Why would you shoot that angle if you're just going to, why do they do, why have you not complained about anything else when they do stuff every week and ignore it for the next three weeks?
2: Because they're chanting Cody's name.
1: Well, yeah, and that's not always something that they do. You know, they don't always chant the name of the biggest baby Served face in wrestling. Served it up on a silver platter. Oh, absolutely. And that's, um, but is that what they were trying to get out of it? So that, you know, Darby, they they get, they get that kind of shoot style. You know, I don't like these guys because they represent this, and Cody represents WWE now. Is it, you know, is that why they were doing it? Is that what they wanted? Was was brand warfare? Is that is that really what they were getting at? Like. They know. mention WWE every week. Wardlow mentioned them last night. He really? mentioned CM Punk last night, or okay. not last night, on Wednesday. All right. Because we're covering a week before, right? We're sure. covering... Yeah. Um, or wait, when was that? Wednesday? I don't know. We're, that was a week ago. This one, um, the Wardlow stuff was this week. The Darby stuff was last week. Meltzer... Been out of shape, but I'm just saying all all the angles that they shoot, which they're constantly they're constantly doing something, and they get dropped or forgotten about. And then all of a sudden, they're mysteriously back on TV like three months later, just picking up where they left off. We're supposed to remember that stuff. We're supposed to know every guy that wrestles on every TV show. Um, Oh, let's take. Okay, how about how about you? you heard I sent you the Ice Cube Junior stuff, right? You did Shea Jackson. That's correct. So Wait, all, what'd you say his name was? Oh, his name is O'Shea Jackson. I think say Crochet Jackson. <laughs> no, Crochet Jackson. So yeah, yeah but, I'm
2: Ice Cube's son, Crochet. Crochet.
1: Um, again, on Chris Van Vliet, He is just saying how he doesn't like AEW because of points A, point B, point C, everything that we I talk about. I think it's all the, the
2: exact same reasons why we don't like
1: them. That's exactly right. I mean, he he put it into he just, you know, was able to put it into a lot of the Words that we, well, he repeated a lot of what we said pretty much. is Like, I'm, I'm going to get crapped on because I don't know who this guy and this guy and this guy because I'm not completely consumed with it, like, 24-7. That's how I being feel. Being anti-WWE. That's how I feel every single week when we talk about this
2: stuff. I was just like, well, you know, I'm doing a wrestling podcast, but I don't know who these people are. You know, somebody bring me up to speed.
1: No, like, help you don't want to
2: be. Tell, but, like, they're not all bad. They're not. <laughs> the
1: way you're looking at me right now. No, I'm not saying that the whole. T- He's just sitting there looking at me, blinking his eyes. <laughs> the whole program, yeah. as is bad as a whole. There are bright spots every week. I'm not talking There's about the program. I'm talking about the wrestling. the, the performers. Talent. Yeah, okay. the talent. If, I don't think you're a good talent if you don't sell. I don't think you're a good talent if you don't know how to sell. I don't think you're a good talent if you're just if you don't know psychology it's it's i, I don't selling think, is 101 I, I don't think you're a good if you're if most of your stuff when I have, to, I have to get my stuff in i have to get my if if you tell your guy and you're put and plus your agent you're not going to listen to what your agent's telling you other than the time hey you got 20 you got because all of their matches are 20 minutes yeah. with guys that we've never heard of right so if you're not going to listen to that stuff and you're not going to do any of the psychology that's involved you're just going to do moves move moves commercial break yeah move, 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 commercial break, move, 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 finish. That's all it is. There's nothing. You're not telling any story. You're just doing a bunch of stuff. And they have done a bunch of stuff for four years with very few compelling angles. Most of their compelling angles have involved CM Punk, who's not there, MJF, who's not on their television, Samoa Joe, I mean, maybe some Jericho stuff at the beginning. Cody. Cody, but even Cody's stuff was so tired so quick. Yep. Like, but everything else and the thousands of wrestlers that they seemingly have put on television. I, I mean, there's, there's nothing to show for. There's nothing. I mean, they're at, I think they're, they're at their weakest point roster-wise at the top because a lot of their guys, they're depleted. A lot of their guys are hurt. MJF's not there. Like I said, Punk is gone. Omega's on the shelf. A lot of their start, I mean, that's why Orange Cassidy is at the top of the card. and
2: We're doing Copeland and, and Jay again.
1: Yeah, probably. Christian, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, and now it's, I know they moved it a little bit down the road there. That's Daniel Garcia versus Christian at Revolution for the TNT title. So that's new and it's fresh, but I don't like Daniel Garcia either, so. Uh, he's done everything he could to make me turn the television off and go in another direction. So why do I need to watch this guy? He's done everything to turn me off of wrestling, just to be just to be funny with their little funny stuff that they like to do. So I don't care. I don't care anymore. But why is this the thing that breaks the the Meltzer's back? Why does this break the Hulk's back? You know, <laughs> that, that's what that's what I don't understand. Is you you, you completely ignore everything else that's happened? Um, you want to blame Cornette for this because they want to make him the babyface, and why? Why wouldn't he crap on this company for everything that they've produced over the last four years, with all the dribble and all the crap and all the un, uh, unmemorable, whatever that they put out there? I mean, I like—I've liked some of the stuff they've done, but barely. And I'd rather watch a television show that I like, a large percentage of.
2: I agree. I'd rather talk about one that I like too. So.
1: Oh, you want to end the segment? Yeah, I'd
2: love that. <laughs> okay, well we no, can do either that. either way, either way. You know, I mean, more power to them. That's what you want to do. Knock yourself out. That's that's how you want to spend your money. Go for it. Your your daddy's money? Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if that's what you want to do, you know that yeah.
1: well will dry up. That's a warning, right? There's a warning, Tony Khan, because I'm sure you. If I if I had a Twitter and I tweeted this show at you and said, please listen to our show. You probably would then he'd be mad and then you tweet back at me and and then the your hordes of of tribalists would come at me at that point
2: this is why i've never invited my dad to listen to our show why because he'll stop giving me money oh okay that's a good point yeah that's a good point i love daddy's money <laughs> i love it oh, that's don't wild. worry john my parents are rich <laughs> yeah.
1: they'll fix it they're rich no we- those were not my you, exact words what did i know you we don't need to get into that yeah, we when, don't. You re- when you when you hit, nah, 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 nah. you hit your you hit your ford ranger and ford ranger in 2001 you you rubbed it against the side of a uh
2: of a, an apartment
1: complex yeah. box yeah. basically yep mm-hmm. and it, a call box a call box yep and you said everything don't
2: everything will be just
1: fine why <laughs>
2: Because my daddy, daddy will fix it. Daddy will fix it for me.
1: <laughs> but you didn't say that. You mentioned daddy. Yeah, daddy he would have bought me of... a
2: wrestling company, but he had to buy me a a, a replacement for replacement Ford tour.
1: <laughs> 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 that thing was <laughs> cut in half, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, was. let's move on. Okay. Well, Mister Shep, we're uh, we're thankful for all you've given us. Just love like, you, Pop. Just like uh, Tony's thankful that all he's been given. By <laughs> Mr. Shotcom, what's Kong, a
2: sixty-four-year-old so. Sting?
1: <laughs> Is that yeah? Can you the ask? wrestler,
2: not the singer?
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, it's I think like they're the same age. Sting jumping out of a box for Tony Khan's birthday every year. <laughs> I've renewed his contract. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Thank you, <laughs> he, Daddy. He just, he just pops out of the
2: cake and falls over.
1: <laughs> It'll hits, start happening. Hits
2: his head because this AEW. I mean, he's yeah, know, I know, right? Know, he'll slip on speak, the cake yeah. and. Whatever. Did I
1: send you the, um, Did I speaking of injuries, did I send you what happened to Madison Rain when she got spiked on her head by Peraza the other night? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I sent you that. I wouldn't I, know if you did, because I don't know who that is. I, uh, it, Madison Rain, longtime TNA wrestler, former champ. She's been on the roster for a few months here. Doesn't do, like, hasn't wrestled. Has not been on TV, to my knowledge. And then she's in a match with their number one contender, who's wrestling Tony Storm at the pay-per-view. Okay. And in the match... She, You did send me that video. She picks her up at like a DDT and drops her flat on the top of her head and neck. Well, that's a DDT. That's and, what's supposed to happen. <laughs> and then pins her, one, two, three. Let's go to the Castrol GTX. Move of the night. I don't know what it was. In, what was That's it? Right. Uh, no, it was. It was yeah, the move something of the like that. Night. Yeah, I'm like, what are these goofs doing? Yeah, let's show somebody be
2: paralyzed again. Why
1: can't you move it to whoever? Why can't you make that like the Samoa Joe match? Just do that segment later in the show towards the end. You don't have to do it when you have to call the X and uh, they've rolled her out of the ring and probably gurneyed her to the back. I, I'm, I'm waiting to hear what the injury is, but you know. It's what happens, man. Let's go to and the
2: move of the night. It's just like a punch being thrown. It's like, that's I mean, it. We're good. It would have been Done. better than that. Yeah.
1: Let's re. Let's re. Let's show the, the injury botch that we yeah. just, oh, I don't know. It, it starts from the top with Tony and it goes all the way through the production truck through most of the talent, most of the talent, all the way to ev- the referees that want to get themselves over in the ring. It's just poison all the way up and down. Um, and a different poison than, you know, uh, Vince McMahon from all those years. It's just a different kind of poison. You know, it's the same problem. It's just, it's just different. It, the, the two companies, for all the things that they they wanted to be different from the WWE, they repeat all. all they make all the same mistakes, and, and, and in worse ways because they're green. <laughs> all right, I'm done. All right, okay. <laughs> we'll see you on the other side. We got other stuff to cover, and we'll be right back. you always lack the ability to move with the grace of a Ugandan giant. Do your dates often leave minutes after you've asked them to dance? Well, consider that a thing of your assorted past after you've taken Kamala's belly and dance classes. Learn all the moves straight from the Ugandan wild, including the belly slap, the uh, and the giant splash. At Kamala's, we have over 40 locations in the southeastern United States to serve all your belly slapping needs. Join us at our flagship location in Oxford, Mississippi for 40% off your first month's membership when you sign on for five years. We are FDIC certified in over two U.S. states and several Cayman Islands. Now get on the dance floor over at Kamala's. So, we're gonna get into, um, which is really a treat for me, to be able to get into Howard Stern finally on this show. Finally, finally, because you know I've been such a big like Howard Stern fan for a long time, so mm. I had to cut the music abruptly so that because of the audio that I'm working with, like because we're gonna play some audio from John Cena on the Howard Stern show. Yeah. So um, normally I like to fade out of those musical interludes. That, and you're very good in. at it. Yeah. Thank you. I'm not good at it. I, I know. just press just the volume button nice. down. I yep. roll the accompaniment mm-hmm. well, down. Well, you sit on that side. I so. suck on it. I, oh, I suck at it. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry.
2: <laughs> Sorry. I got, we're, I, we're talking Vince, right? So
1: I guess. <laughs> Got Vince on the brain. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, oh, oh yeah.
1: goodness. Something. Something. Um, okay. So there are. There was a, hes getting killed. Yeah, John Cena was getting killed by a lot of people uh, on the socials because of the comments that he made uh, about his relationship and you know where things stand with Vince McMahon. And and um, I kind of want everybody to think of it in the context of just their relationship. When you're not thinking about the allegations, you're not thinking about him as a person. Uh, nobody knows the context of their relationship, with those two guys, right? I mean, they're they're friends, they're close friends. Um, obviously, worked together for a very long time. Obviously, Vince made him very rich, and and at a very young age, and kept him rich, and and now he's exploded uh, in Hollywood. He's making better movies than The Rock ever made. Yeah, I think. Yeah, um, but I, I think we'll you'll see his lulls and stuff like that. But he's done incredible stuff. Peacemaker and. I mean that that Suicide Squad movie. I think was uh, what the one he made? I, yeah, I thought it was okay. No, I know, but I I thought his turn in it was good. I thought he was. You know, what's
2: what's the one that he did where they have the kids that went to the party and everything? And he's
1: oh god, he's the
2: chaperone. No, no, that's, that's Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> that's John Canton's favorite movie, The yeah. Chaperone, yeah. starring
1: Triple H. But you know what I'm talking uh, about. The one with. Who else is in that? I can't even remember. I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. Is it Rose Byrne and and Ike um, Barinholtz? Sure. And they play the parents. Yes. And they're like their kids went out to a party and to they're in, it's, it's like a
2: virginity yes, type yes, thing. Yes, yes. Yeah, that one parents. was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. it made, it amused me at times.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's. I just feel like he's he's done pretty well. He's mirroring what the Rock's doing. Anyway, we're getting off completely off topic. I'm just wow. saying that stuff doesn't exist without. This creation, right? So you you have all of those things, and he's probably very thankful for that. But, again, the context of the relationship, the context of a friendship, and what he was trying to get across, I think people just look at the allegations and say, well, you have to disassociate with this person, like, immediately because of this thing that they've done that we, in the public eye, see as wrong. it's not always as simple as that. No, it's not. And I don't want to say that we see it as it is the allegations are horrifying and they're horrible. I don't want to I don't want to lessen that. I'm just saying nobody knows what their relationship Yeah, exactly. Is. I don't think yeah. there's any confusion on that. No, I know. I just want to make that clear just when people think about it they want to jump to conclusions immediately because they've never really had to face things like this in a relationship with somebody mm-hmm. so um especially at the scale a uh, 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 wide global scale at it's which horrifying they're they're he's he's facing it so Anyway, I wanted to play a little bit of audio and then kind of get your thoughts on, on that and, and just talk about uh, what, um, why the reaction is what it is. and Roll the tape. And what we think about it, too. Sorry. You know, it's been a day since we recorded, and I'm... No, it hasn't. I was, what are you talking about? I was mutton-busting yesterday. Yeah, you were. I'm very tired You were calf-scrambling. Calf-scrambling. So, all right, here we go. <laughs> Here's John Cena on the Howard Stern Show, and uh, I've been a huge Stern fan for like 30 years all right, here we
3: go. Well, I don't think it's complicated to talk about. I think it's complicated to listen to. Mm. And that's kind of why I I don't necessarily put a lot of time and equity into it. Yeah. Um again, I think you you know, we there, there's still a long ways to go. Yeah. Uh I'm I can say this. I'm uh a big advo- advocate of love and friendship. And honesty and communication but in the same breath i'm also a big advocate of accountability yeah me too um i think (laughs) you explained it well of if someone's behavior lies so far outside your value system that the balance shifts of like man i i can't operate in a world where this works yeah that's that's the end result of being accountable but, but there's also... you're going to do, though. I, I, so, um, right now, what I'm going to do is love the person I love, right. be their friend, and by that, it means, like, hey, I I love you. Uh, You, you got a hill to climb. And, you know, there's a, the saying of, like, hey, you, you you don't know who you are or you don't know who your friends are until the shit hits the fan or your back's against the wall. That,
1: All right, I want to stop it right there because... That's where everybody's kinda of losing it is the, the I love you. They're losing it right there on that. They don't think I mean people just think, Oh, you should you should go out there and you should immediately That's ridiculous. I mean, he he goes in here and he's talking about accountability. To me, that is him disavowing the allegations, if they're yes, true, right? Exactly like how can right. you do this? I mean, to, exactly right. That's what there it's some nuance to it. It's not he's not literally saying No, he's not it's, sitting it's, it's there despicable. like just crying his eyes out, saying,
2: you know, I love you, man. I'm so, so sorry that any no, this is saying, happening. to you're, you're like that's you're my the friend, way that People and, are making yeah. it out. You know, this is the first time I've actually heard this. Um, but to me, it's just much more like, dude, there are secrets with people that are as close as they could have been that are close as you and I could be like mm-hmm.
1: and not know something exactly yeah, right yeah, yeah.
2: you know like the, not everybody's 100% upfront and honest and even then like why would you be upfront and honest about that
1: with him like hey you still want to be my friend this is what I'm doing <laughs> yeah like well, they, well like, let's go back insane, to that right? let's go back to that right because if people can do people can live these lives completely separate of their friends and their family and have this whole other thing going on that they have no idea about despicable or otherwise. Right. It could be anything. What I'm saying, you know, whatever lifestyle that they're, you know, yeah, no, and, and, no, I, I get and it. a friendship aside and a close friendship and something that obviously it means a ton to him that he, he was who he was to him for all of those years. So, um, people can do that. People are capable of that stuff.
2: Yeah. We're and
1: multi- dimensional yeah and it's I, i'm not always i mean i'm i'm not an I, I certainly am not an advocate of people being that way i i think it's okay to keep i mean i don't think you need to compartmentalize your life because you're going to end up having to hide something from someone I mean, shame right? is shame you know yeah it's, well it's, it,
2: it's different for people oh, and no, how they view it my stuff secret like that. shame but, <laughs> <laughs> but okay so the, the point i'm trying to make is just like you know you don't always know everything about everybody And what john is saying or john cena is saying is that I love the guy. Um, we've been through a ton together. And I'm basically just waiting to find out, you know, what's true and what's not before just completely disavowing yeah. the the 30-year friendship that he has with the guy.
1: Yeah. Is it 30? Maybe 20. But 20, you know what I mean. 25. You know what I mean. Oh, no, God. We're in the mid-20s. Yes. Yeah. It's close 20, to 30 years. 20, you know? he's, yeah. Main, main roster, 2002, so. Yeah. That's when he started working with him. So yeah. it's just like, you know,
2: this guy could have, you know, he brought him along, taught him everything he knows and stuff yep.
1: like that. But
2: you didn't know him. I mean, like we that, don't, yeah, we don't I know that,
1: right? I mean, we never heard anything bad about John in that regard. We've, yeah, I mean, wouldn't Mr., even Mr. think Mr. about, I wouldn't I even mean, think about like, going that direction. No, yeah. no, 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 no. But I saw some comments about, oh, the make a wishes are going. No, they're not. No, they're not. You know who's mad? Internet marks are mad. About Make a Wish? No, people were like, "Oh well, he, there's going to be no more Make a Wishes now that he said he loves Vince." It's like, wow. really? Yes, people were saying that. Yes. Wow. Okay. Yes. All right. Let's get back to it. Let's get. But that's what I'm saying. That's the eruption of the internet, right? Yeah. Of, of what I think is a lot of people. And I'm look. I don't. I don't begrudge anyone for being not even being pissed or having an opinion about this, but like saying. I mean, do, have they ever faced anything like they've? never fate much less where the whole world knows about it but much less just your circle of people know about yep. something like this yeah
2: absolutely it, i mean it, it's very rare that something comes along that just shakes you to your core to where you have yeah. to make a decision one and now you're out
1: there in public and you have the biggest interviewer in the world i'm sorry i know that people think that how james Stern Gordon is, <laughs> james <laughs> jesus <laughs> ouch yeah. um now what 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 world do we have we created that james cordon is the biggest uh name and entertainment best world (laughs) (laughs) um but you know howard stern gets 11 million viewers every episode still and that's a staggering number right so of course you're gonna have people upset about of course you're gonna have people that don't care and of course you're gonna have people that like why is this fake wrestler on
2: is is robin still doing the show with robin is on the show she survived cancer that's so amazing 19 like 1980 i used to 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 watch them on e Back oh yeah, so did I, yeah, man. I I started wild.
1: listening when we finally got them in Houston, like in the early two thousands. We we had them for about four years before they went to Sirius in oh five, and then when Sirius, I've been a loyal listener ever they since. They blew Sirius. Just about they they put them on the map. I, oh, I did, they were I don't the mean map. they were they Sirius. were but, Sirius, yeah. Sirius mm-hmm. XM, whatever. Yeah, they were mean. like the first landmark. And they, you know, 20 million, 30 million subscribers. I mean, they give them half a billion dollars every every five years to do that show so um anyway let's get back to the audio here but um, yeah just to give you stern context still a big audience
3: that doesn't make any of what's going on any easier to swallow right Mm -hmm. just telling somebody that like hey i love you man this is going to be a hill to climb loves climbing hills huh Uh, we're gonna see what happens adversity and and that's that i think it's 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 it sounds so cliche but it has to be one day a time but at the same token it i've openly said is i i I love the guy i got a great relationship with the guy so that's you know that's that no i don't think that's cliche at all that's kind of in my approach one thing i do and i say this to my wife all the time i said i'm gonna pick up the phone and call the guy I don't want to sit there and hide and say, you know, I don't want to be the kind of friend who then says, "Well, I'm never going to address this again." Yeah, I think my construct of trying to operate with honesty and communication—I um,
1: think there's a strong need for handling any oh, problem or,
3: yeah. or any I'm achievement. Call the guy, but, uh, he's such a yenta. <laughs> the whole thing is super, super you unfortunate. Doing? You can hear us. Yeah. That's. That's really the thing that sucks because you can hear not his mother's only does it voice. deal with all an individual right I love, it deals with an entity that I love, yeah, and uh, it's one that I speak highly of. And y- mm. you want you want to make sure everyone. I want everyone to have the experience I had. I want if you're a uh, employee at Disneyland, you want everybody to go to Disney and think it's the greatest place on earth. And when someone doesn't, or when you find out that there may or may not have been things going on there that, you know, this place I was speaking so great about. Well, in some aspects, needed a lot of work. Though that's more than just a how do I lot of work. this person. Well you know, Disney. Now I shift to okay. He was, I'm not going to get I'm into. I doing those. all I can to, <laughs> to make it better. You know. All I, right.
1: Well, anyway, that's kind of where that. I mean, it trails off a little bit there. It's just that was the important stuff um, from that interview. But uh, you know, just to wrap it up, I, to, I, and the comparison was made. There's other, you know, with what Randy Orton said how he may have said it a little bit better. I think so. Um, Which he probably did, but, you know, I don't know. There's no way that somebody of John Cena's caliber, stature as an entertainer goes into that without coaching on, you know, from his PR team. The guy's got a whole team of, you know, agents, managers, PR, this guy, that guy, that girl, that person, you know, whatever. He has to know what to say going into these. So. I'm not so sure that it was an uncoached, like, the, because, of, you know, think back to the Triple H stuff at the um, the weekend it happened where he's having to answer those questions. Yeah. Um, I mean, John's had some time to think about it. There's plenty of time in between that. So, uh, If you had time to think
2: about it, it, it still could have been a better you, answer.
1: Do you, okay, so that's okay. my question. Do you but, think but, it's but the best answer he could have given?
2: Or no? Do you think it, he could it's have hard done to more? say, like, because I'm not inside uh-huh. of his head. And even if he didn't have coaching, it doesn't really matter if he's speaking. Is he going to follow the coaching that
1: he gets too? like PR? Exactly. Friend? No,
2: he's just going to say something that that means something to him, you know, and then we were left to interpret it. But like we're just I think we're overanalyzing that he has a friend and it could just be as simple as that. You know, like he's just waiting until the jury comes back to know exactly what's going on.
1: Yeah, I agree with you.
2: 100,000%. Um, I, I just don't think there's anything wrong with standing by your people until you have all the facts.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, of course he knows, like, he's probably seen what we've all seen publicly. Do you think he's read the 67 page? No, no of course absolutely not. not. Of course not. He has Triple H. Well, he probably should. <laughs> he's, you know, an executive at the company that's being sued. So. Yeah. Um, okay, well, excellent. All right. Well, not, not excellent, but, uh, the situation, I I don't have a problem with, I don't have a problem with the way he came off. And I know a lot of people do. And I know a lot of people are going to disagree with that, but you have to take it in the context of the situation between those two men and not much else. You can't put, you can't think of the company and you can't think of the the personalities involved. It's their
2: own relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So nobody exactly. can speak on that in, in, Unless except for him those or the other, Yeah, yeah right. exactly
1: right. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. Okay. We'll, we'll be right back with our last segment. Again, we're covering the Chi-Town Rumble uh, from Chicago, uh, February 1989. This was my choice for a retro review because it's the John Show. Because this is my show, and it is my show.
2: <laughs> it's a wonderful show. And it's my show
1: only. No, I'm kidding. All so right. am I. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll be right back. And now a word from Ahmed's Pearl River Plunging and Plumbing. If you have your toilet clogged up with too many nasal strips and red thigh guards, the expert Pearl River Plunger Plumbers will purify your poop-pestered pipes with a special cleaning agent right out of the Pearl River in Mississippi. Ain't that right, Ahmed? Mr. punk. That little ass, body of yours, can't deal with the aspirin I'm going to
0: give you an the ring. If you want to
1: step up to play TV, bring it on,
0: because I forgot to take my medication
1: in the morning. That's right, Ahmed. Don't ignore the potty and don't worry about your safety. All of our plumbers have passed background checks and they have valid IDs. So when your pipes get plugged, call Ahmed and the experts over at Pearl River Plunging and Plumbing today.
0: Championship Wrestling Free-for-All, Nature Boy Rick Flair puts his World Heavyweight Championship on the line. This time, he could be stripped of more than just his clothes. See Total Package Lex Luger and the Jewels Bad Boy Barry Windham for his much-coveted United States Heavyweight belt. Also, Hacksaw Butch Reed battles crowd favorite, Sting, the Midnight Express with Jim Cornette versus the original Midnight Express with yuppie-gone-bad Paulie Dangerously action, all the excitement, all the best world championship wrestling has to offer. It's Armageddon, and it's available now on home
1: cassette through Turner Home Entertainment. Do order your Chi-Town Rumble 89. Okay, and we are back with the Shy town Rumble. You can call and order that cassette, one 922 4200 The Turner Home Entertainment box office will send you your VHS tape from 1989. Um, so I got mine. Get... Oh, good, good. Yeah. yeah, that's how we watched it. We had to make that call. Yep. 1-800-909-9900. Mean Gene Oakland. The tip line. Whatever he called it. What was it? The WCW Uncensored Tip Line. <laughs> Whatever the hell it was. Call us if you've got any tips on how to book matches. All right. <laughs> um... Help us, please. <laughs> so the... Uh... Where am I? The Chicago Chi-Town. I lost my notes. You're in
2: Chicago 1989. Why don't you just bring us up to what you're feeling, what you're seeing?
1: Yes. All right. So uh, Chi-Town Rumble, 1989, February 20th. To be exact, this took place from the UIC Pavilion in Chicago. Beautiful. Love that building. Beautiful. West side, Chicago, Illinois. Mm one of the uh, uh the most beautiful buildings along the Eisenhower Expressway i've seen right so there, many shows there west side chicago so um some of the notable things about and i like to do as you know i like to do a little bit of research about the building it was built in 1982 i was there uh it was uh it's it's gone it's had many different names capacity for concerts is 10,300 boxing and wrestling is 9500 and 8000 for basketball we had 8000 screaming chicagoans here in WCW NWA um live in in uh, at this pay-per-view. Home of the UIC Flames, which you know are a basketball team as well. My we favorite know. team. Uh the, the UIC Flames basketball team, the men's hockey, the ice hockey team.
2: My favorite the team. The
1: Chicago Cheetahs, which they yep. played in big the big fan. Roller hockey international league, yep. the Ooh, RA love My Jotting. roller hockey. We missed uh, mid nineties roller hockey. The Chicago Rockers, who were part of the CBA, which is popular. Eh. Very popular. For yeah. ind- it was the G League in the in the nineties. Yeah, uh, the Windy City Rollers, which we get another uh, derby team. Never saw a lot of them. The m- men's uh, major indoor soccer league, the Chicago Storm, which was not to be confused with a league you another league you've never heard of. But uh, and then the Chicago Sky were there for three years, and then the Chicago Eagles of the CIF, an indoor football team, and then. Uh, Kanye West, uh, the team named after his mother, the Donda Doves, played their oh, inaugural man. basketball game there. Oh, cool. Let's, uh, we brought up Walt Disney in the last segment. Yep. I'm going to stop bringing up anti-Semitic people in, on the show.
2: Please do. We
1: saw Prince perform here. Now, we didn't, but Prince I was performed there. here at the USC Pavilion in 1983, April 10th, nine days there. after you were born. I was born. nine days nine old. Nine days old for the 1999 tour. I was tour. there, man. Purple rain. Casey Kasem. Yep. We're gonna go out to Prince live the UIC Pavilion. I was there. <clears throat> Black Sabbath, uh, I was deep there. Deep Purple, Madonna. Um, now I was I was sharing these with you, and then I got down to Tenacious D, who did you you saw you've seen Tenacious twice. D live, right? Okay, twice. Now it tells us because we were pretty big, you know, like end of high school, into college, like pretty big Tenacious D oh, fans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When they were doing the Pick of Destiny tour, which is a movie that we saw at the movies together. Yeah, like, how could you not be a Tenacious Steve
2: fan whenever you were like 18, 19? And, and they're, they're yeah, out at they're the, the time. Very yeah, prevalent. absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, but they had one of our heroes, our current heroes, who we saw perform literally a year and a week ago. Yep. Neil Hamburger. Well, well. that was bad. I was doing more of a hawk than Neil Hamburger there. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> I had way too many cigars yesterday, so apologies there. So this very, um, it's not an infamous arena, but it's not a famous arena by any regard. So Well, I was there for most of those shows. But so. it's not, okay, so think about a WCW, 1989, Chicago, or NWA. Chicago is, at this point, maybe not, it's definitely not the stronghold, the WWF stronghold that it would be. But it certainly is, because they were doing shows at Rosemont Horizon. Which is the the favorite of all the talent? Absolutely, yeah. um, because of the the sound, you know, just echoing the, off the roof. The roof, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Chicago Stadium, you know, which is where the Bulls played from the, you know, which opened in I don't know the '30s and until they built Chicago Stadium, which was not yet built. So they're very much they're outside of you know downtown Chicago and they're somewhere else and on the west side, you know, doing this show at a much smaller arena, um, but this is still one of the And for Flair and Steamboat alone, this is one of their signature historical events because of how great the match is.
2: Right, the first of the trilogy.
1: Yeah, and it being you know a five star, incredible by by more than just Meltzer, but like everybody everybody (laughs) loves. Like who who says five stars? Well, we we know who said five stars, but I'm I'm just saying a lot of people agreed with that sentiment. That is that is a legit that that is that is a. the litmus. Yes, that should be the test I think for for all, you know, at which they're judged. Um which again, at this time in the NWA, they did have a lot of great wrestling. It was way better than as far as matches were concerned outside of maybe Bret Hart and the Hart Foundation, the Bulldogs, you know, the Rockers. Who else was having matches? I mean, I'm only naming tag teams, but I mean, Mr. It's, Perfect, it's it's
2: the late 80s, yeah. yeah. So so but like we say all the that, best wrestling like uh, like uh I mean, you had Steamboat and Savage already.
1: You did, but you didn't point. get that all the time. You didn't get that at all on the other channel. It was cartoon, you know. Right, yeah. It going was more, more for less the cartoon wrestling. character yeah. thing. So, um, And then you have this territory, which went national, right? So we have the number one competitor with more of a legitimate style of wrestling. It looks legitimate. It, you know, everything seems more believable. We always make light of how poorly it's lit you know, it doesn't look like the big bombast of the WWF at the time. It looks like a completely different, it's not lit, bro. dull product. Yes, that too. Yeah, it looks like a dull product from a presentation standpoint. But the in-ring stuff you can't deny. And trust me, we get some terrible matches on this show. It's not like it's, it's not without its terrible matches. But the, there's some really good stuff on this show too. Um, so we'll, I'll go ahead and get into it. So really long introduction uh, that we get. I don't know. You saw the video package. I tried to play the um the VHS one there at the beginning, but as far as video package are, con- are are concerned, did you like the opening video package here? I thought it was perfectly okay for the era. It was so long though. Yeah, like it was. It just went on. I'm like, when is it? When the hell is this going to end? And I looked up, and it was it was 45 minutes in, and it was still going. <laughs> no, so we it, get yeah. Yeah, then, I, w- I walked away, and it was still going. Yeah, and then we hear. Bad Street Banana, yeah. Bad Street does mm-hmm. something. Love that song. Still jams. Yep. Um, but back to the intro. Great piece of action. Had all. Mo- I think most of the wrestlers that were on the card. Um, it was good for 1989, considering kind of what a mess that the uh, that the company was. Uh, George Scott, so longtime promoter in the territory, um, up until the late. He was a World War II general, probably, yeah, Yeah. George F. Fitzgerald or something. Scott. So he, yes, he was, um, he was a booker in this territory, into the mid '80s. You know, I think I can't remember mid South, mid, I mean mid Atlantic. He had done this thing with Flair uh, before, with the ripping the clothes off Flair and Steamboat. They did it in '89. A bunch of money did it for a while. So they redid the thing when George Scott was brought in. He brought Ricky Steamboat in too. Um, So he had retired from wrestling, I think, in the mid or early '80s, and then ended up joining Vince and working on WrestleMania One and WrestleMania Two. So he worked on the first Saturday Night's main event. But him and Dick Ebersol at NBC just couldn't get along. They could because he wanted to present it like a wrestling show, and they didn't. They wanted to present it with a lot of more of the bombast that. You see, which, of course, Dick Ebersole doesn't get the credit I think he deserves for what the WWE product looks like today. Wh- yeah. Where it went, like the, wh- yeah, no. the direction he was taking. For it, sure. So. I love Dick. Oh, good. Glad. Yeah, big save by the Bell fan. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, also, Hogan and George Scott did not get along. So, uh, he leaves New York. Well, Hogan planted, apparently planted a lot of bad seeds. Um, He planted a lot of bad seeds with Vince, as as I was reading. He leaves New York. He goes to WCCW with Fritz von Erich. He finds his way back to Crockett here in 1989. So even though he hits a home run with Steamer and Flair in the late 70s, he's gone, uh, or (laughs) I say here, he hits a home run like he did in the late 70s. He's actually gone by April of that year. He's out after two months. And a lot of that had to do with some promotional stuff that was happening with um, Clash of the Champions <clears throat> that happened after this or before this. I, I should have looked that up. But the NWA booking committee was born out of this. So George Scott would have one more run with a new promotion called SAPW, trying to replicate the family friendliness of the territorial promotional days, offering an alternative to WWF and sports entertainment. So South Atlantic Pro was most famous for... The Nasty Boys beating up Ken Shamrock at a hotel and nearly throwing him off the third-story balcony. <laughs> Thankfully, the future pit bulls of, w- of ECW intervened. What year was that? This was 1989. Ken is- Shamrock? Or no, 1989. This was... Ni- yeah, yeah, yeah. He was wrestling. He was like no kidding. wrestling at that point. I had no uh, idea. Early- this is early 90s. I'd have to look up the exact... I didn't put the date So he on was doing notes. both? He was like shoot fighting and then also... I don't even know if he was shoot fighting at that point. He may have just been doing professional wrestling. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, the Nasty Boys beat the hell out of him. Both of them. (laughs) Threw him out of the window. We're going to throw him off a third-story balcony. We would have killed him. Um, But, yes, like I said, the Pitbulls, Pitbull number one and Pitbull number two from ECW stopped it. Uh, Because of that, the promotion only lasted six months. George cut his losses and retired to Florida. Holy crap. But this this is a guy with a lot of experience. Um, Obviously, we see who he doesn't think much of. He doesn't think much of Sting because he's in the second match on the card in a nothing match with Butch Reed.
2: Even though he's already been the world heavyweight champion.
1: Yes. (laughs) He doesn't think much. He would would rather go with Dennis Condry and give him a different partner than Randy Rose, who is part of the new Ben Knights here. He doesn't do that. He'd, He'd rather get rid of Randy Rose and get rid of the Cornette and Stan Lane and Bobby Eaton. He doesn't care. He doesn't want anything to do with those guys for whatever reason. So... Um, but anyway, he was gone by he was gone by April. So let's get into the first match. It's just, And again, this is just a thrown together match. I don't think there's any feud here. It's Michael P.S. Hayes, uh, versus yeah. the Russian Assassin with Paul Jones in a suit. Russian Assassin number. This is number one or two. I think it's number two. No, is this is number one. This is number one. I was Th- so confused because yeah, yeah. they kept saying number no, two, Ru- number one, okay. number two, number one. So you're going to get a kick out of this no. Russian Assassin Assassin. Russian assassin number two is Jack Victory. Uh uh-uh. uh Yes, they took the mask don't, off. Don't don't give away the finish. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so yeah, uh, r- <laughs> slow pace here, then fast. They catch their breath, then they go quick, then they slow it down again. I'm already bored. Can I? Can I prefer I... Hayes at a tag team with Terry Gordy and it's... Buddy Roberts. Yes,
2: of course. No, but like we we they're trying to pin it like. You know, Russia, USSR, 1989, that's the wall came down, eighty nine. But up to this point, the Russians have always been like this big heel faction, you know, or idea. Well, in, no, they in, had a faction. In in wrestling. Hang on. Yeah. And then they're always flanked by the U.S. and this American hero coming in to cut them off. Right? So in this match, <laughs> you see heroes. where I'm going? <laughs> See how going? Bad street. So it's Atlanta, it's GA. so the United States is represented by Michael P.S. Hayes in the Confederate in the in a
1: Confederate cloak. As yes, he comes out. Yes. yes, but I don't think that there's no feud so, here. I know what you're getting at, but there's no feud. So here. I'm
2: just saying, I'm just saying that you know you have a really bad gimmick versus an even worse gimmick. Yeah,
1: so. yeah. Um. And As the worst
2: gimmick wins.
1: Oh, absolutely. You have to. But how long did they go? And they go like 20 minutes. Long, 15 minutes. Long enough. Dude, this match was so long. You know,
2: what's crazy to me is that P.S. Hayes is 27 years old. <laughs>
1: <laughs> People look so I old. I
2: kid you not. He's 27 okay. years old at this point. What,
1: did, what movie did I You remember that? What movie did I bring up a couple of weeks ago? 10 uh,
2: Things I Hate About No, you. Parenthood. Uh, From the yeah. same year, right? <laughs> Steve Martin. Yes. Right. How old you does did. Steve Martin look in parenthood? Um, the same as he looks now, which is yes, seventy-eight.
1: Seventy-eight. You know how yeah. old he was in parenthood? Huh. Thirteen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he was gonna be at home alone. Yes, but, but
1: <laughs> he got beat. You yeah. Know, got, he got went beat out, out, out for that. By that did 60 year old Macaulay 60. Hawkins. Yeah. Yeah. But people just look different. Hayes a 27- 27 years old. Dude, they announced that's crazy. It in the match. That can't that can't is that jim true? ross said it so it's got to be true dude but think about when did when did the Freebirds start in the business with nineteen, they... dude i gotta look that up because that's 58 that, that is, i know that has thrown me for a loop man i had i had no idea that he was only 27 27 years old let's see preliminary matches I you try Hayes? to like prove no, me wrong here? No, not at all. I really
2: kidding. hope
1: it's true. I No, I want to see when he started in the business. That's what,
2: because if he's. He started when he was 17. Jim Ross outlines all of this in I didn't match. hear any of did that. Did you not watch the match? No, I didn't. I did. I'll I'm go kidding. ahead and tell you. Of course I watched it. He was 17 years old whenever he started. 19... He was like fighting for his life and everything. Everybody's going to college. He's like, I'm going to be a pro wrestler. I'm gonna daddy. Pro I'm going to be a pro wrestler, yeah, daddy. daddy. Talk like that, daddy.
1: <laughs> 27 years old man so yeah. 1977 he started wrestling in regional promotions in 1978 he wrestled his first tour overseas in germany for the cwa the catch wrestling association 1979 that's what i was getting at when they formed the the team with him when him and gordy formed the team um and then so i did the math he's 64 years old he's right now ish That's about right. Okay, it's just weird to think of him at that age. Like see him looking like a like a bar like a you know just a guy you'd see in a bar in the eighties. I'm sure you did
2: see him in the bars at the eighties. Oh, absolutely. I mean, but he
1: just looks like that's exactly okay. Think of the South, 1989. You're gonna walk into a bar. What are you gonna see? I'm just saying. (laughs) What are you gonna see? Like the bar in True Detective or something in in season one in Louisiana, and you walk in. You think you're gonna see a guy that looks like Michael PSA. For sure. And you know, I'm sure you probably did. A lot of people that walked into bars <laughs> Wait, saw a guy. Excuse me, that. sir. You seem to have a lot of life experience. I'm twenty-seven, kid. <laughs> I'm twenty-five years old. I've only been here a minute. <laughs> do, do, do. So do, do, do. um, but yeah, he moves on to world class, the the phenomenal feud, the four year long feud they had with the Von Ericks or however long it was, they were there for four or five years. Um he goes back in '88. They don't get any of the magic, and then he's back here, and he's in the NWA. Uh, but I, again, as a singles wrestler, eh, nothing. There's nothing here. Yeah, it was an amicable,
2: excuse me, amicable split up. Yeah,
1: and they were both finding single success, but it wasn't in this match. It was kind of yeah. well. So they just, like I said, they put it together. Um, Russian Assassin is actually is David Sheldon. It, people will know the name Angel of Death. He worked um, a lot of the territories. Then indie guy never really had much of a run outside of this. Um, definitely not as Angel of Death anywhere, but he he was that guy for a very long time. He was tagged up with Jack Victory, who was Russian Assassin number two. They were both under the hoods. Um, Jack was put in the match with, like I said, Randy Roses, one half of the original Midnight Express, because Dennis Condry decided not to fly to Chicago, and we'll get on that. We'll get we'll get into that later. Hopefully about
2: 30 seconds from now.
1: This match with Duder and Angel of Death is painfully slow. Here's my recap. It's pretty random and really long. I've been able to research all this extra stuff in between the rust holds. PS goes for the Bulldog. RA pushes him off. Just ended already. Why did they go 15 minutes? Hayes finally wins on a DDT. It's over only 15 minutes. It felt like an hour. I'm going to give it three-fourths of a star. What do you got? You know I it's from that match. don't do stars, but I think that
2: Michael Hayes did not work out his legs. They were very skinny. Um, Michael Hayes
1: wins and that's about it. It's so funny. You don't do stars because there's a feud going on on cinema right now with the aforementioned Greg Hamburger. Greg, Ham, Neil hamburger, who, yes. pl- who plays a, a loose version of himself, the movie expert, Greg Turkington. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so they added a new guy named Joey Patricelli. Okay. Who, Sounds uh, provocative. He is like Tim's like boy, right? He's like a alpha male kind of guy, right? He gives star ratings. and The star scale goes to four. But Greg is pissed because he is like, what is your popcorn rating? He goes, I don't do popcorn bags. And then Greg is arguing. We've done popcorn bags on the show for 13 years. I give this five bags of popcorn. And Joey's like, well, I give this one two and a half stars. And they just argue back and forth over the star yeah. system. So yeah. they have a similar thing going on right yeah, now. You refuse to do stars. I, I won't do it. So, all right. It's it's objective, subjective.
2: Just work with what your eyes have. Did you like it? Did you not? Is it fun? Why was it
1: fun? How many stars did you give it? Four. All right. Four stars.
2: Four stars. Five, four stars of pop. Four on. stars for the <laughs> Confederate master against. Uh... Oh, no. No, stop. No. <laughs>
1: we're not calling our our, 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 the the homes and bedrooms they're they're the what do we what do they call them now they don't call them a master bedroom because of the connotation do they really not they call it master suite owner's quarters no you can't say no um it's called
2: i don't want to do this anymore (laughs) i'm quitting the show Why? Because I just just took
1: a Michael P.S. turn on you there. No, I don't know what I don't know what. But there's another name for it. It's called the primary bedroom is what they call it. They don't call it master bedroom anymore. Okay, well, good. So I've been trying to change my Google, my Google app for the speaker we have. I've been trying for years Uh to change it to primary bedroom. But it reminds me of what a racist I have been all these years for calling it a master bedroom. I'm not racist. I'm just, it's a joke. I'm making a joke. Please level with me. <laughs> it's called a primary bedroom. So we go okay. back to the with back- <laughs> So Michael Hayes is a primary wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> the primary. Yeah. Primary suite. Michael primary suite. Hayes. P.S. Can we move to the next? All right. Now, please? All right. Uh, or primary. Optimus primary. Math? No. All right, so Bob Cottle with Steamer in the back, little Ricky Blood with him. Yawn, yep. Steamer bored me on promos.
2: That's okay, but his wife was there in a
1: wedding dress. So I was listening to Shivani and Conrad cover this show, and Shivani went so far as saying, without saying it, that she had a lot of control over his career and maybe even alluded to her like ruining his career how i don't know like like he could have been bigger he could have been much bigger and like ah she kind of kept him away and things i like can't that. cut a promo well that yeah that has a lot to do with it could you could wrestle
2: promo. with anybody
1: any day yeah, and it's Incredible, not like he could get it you couldn't, couldn't put a couldn't do a promo you couldn't give him like a heel mouthpiece because you can't you couldn't wrestle that style as a heel not at that time anyway. no well i don't think so i don't know maybe why not? Could you really see him Why as a heel at any point though I do not I c I don't I don't think you could. I mean, he could come off a, a, kinda like Muda ish a little bit, you know, with his you know Instead
2: of putting dragon gear on him and having him yeah. blow flames, you could put him in a mask and you know, like but not if, a mask, but face paint.
1: If Vince turned him heel, he'd have him spray the Muda mist.
2: Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, they do that all the time on the show all now. All the time, yeah. All the time. Everybody's on the show got it. Everybody
1: does it. Shinsuke, Asuka. Yep. Um, so, yeah, let's go to the ring. Back to JR and Magnum TA. Ding, ding, ding. Dong. Wait, where are we? The Give point, it to with me. The button. Ding, ding, ding. Dong. We forgot it on the first match. So. Ding, ding, ding. Dong. Ding, ding. Dong. We'll go up to the ring announcer, Gary Michael Capetta. This match is set for one fall with a 20 minute time limit. Sting versus Hacksaw Butch Reed with Hiro Matsuda from the Yamasaki Corporation. This was tiring as well. What a slow start to this to this premium live event by Ted Turner in the... Well, no, did he own he didn't know no, it? He not No, not yet. It was uh, by, uh, by Jim Crockett Promotions in the NWA. Um, to show you how little, and, I, and I, I know I've mentioned this a ton, but to show you how little George Scott thought of Sing, here he is in the second match with no entrance. He looks great, though. I love the great. I love he the, does. The, I love the gear. He's got the neon does, pink and the blue. He looks great. He looks like he belongs on a WWF show, but, uh, but Jim Ross hates lighting the crowd. So this show looks like WWF 1983. <clears throat> Stings on fire and Butch is just pretty much outpaced here. This is a year before Doom. Teddy Long is the ref, by the way, who would manage <laughs> Doom. <laughs> that was my notes right here. Look at the Look at the, read that out loud. Top page. Fist. and your note says. In big, bold letters, Teddy Long wrath. It's, right, it's exclamation sc- points. Yeah. Two exclamation You're points. You're screaming that. Yes, Teddy I, was. Long, uh, I, I you, was. I was so surprised. It caught you by, yeah, yeah. I, I've surprised. watched like half the show. Don't you love surprises like that? Yeah. I hate that I don't, I guess just because I have consumed so much wrestling, like old wrestling over the last, since we've had the network. And so not that I didn't on YouTube before that, but. You know, becoming a big fan of of people like Jim Cornette or whatever, I go back and watch a lot of different stuff, or I hear things and what, and then I go back and look at it. So I'm I'm very I'm not surprised by that stuff as much anymore as I used to be, but don't you love finding a little surprise or a little? It's not even an Easter egg. It's like just a little hidden thing of somebody who's out here. Or this person played this person, or and you had no idea. Like, hell, the Ken Shamrock thing that we just mentioned. Like, uh, yeah, no clue, no, no idea. When I read that, I was like. He was wrestling at the time i had no clue dude <laughs> Me neither. and i was just as surprised as when you found teddy long right there on the <laughs> yeah, paper like video.
2: teddy long i remember him from
1: managing doom and then yep.
2: refing in wwe before he became the holla, gm holla yes, yeah. that's right
1: that's right i mean but he's got a yeah, gorgeous it, it, um, jerry curl horseshoe skullet horseshoe skullet yeah, yeah. horseshoe i mean yeah. it's beautiful it's nice but <clears throat> one thing i noticed too is is what a mess like ringside like you see the professional. I mean, we, we've got the current Perth Elimination Chamber paper. We're not. It's not 4 a.m., right? We're not watching live. We've got it on the TV here in the office. And I'm. it's such an incredible presentation. And I get it. This it's beautiful. is beautiful. It's 35 years ago. Yeah, KO's walking to the ring. Beautiful, amazing presentation. And I'm looking at this pay-per-view, and there's all these green extension cords just on the mats <laughs> outside the ring. It's like, dude, this is an electrical hazard. This is a hazard to the fans. Yeah. Dude, this is hilarious, man. No, I just thought it was funny. I missed the days That's... when those things didn't matter. No, like I know. I, I I get that. That's fine. I just I thought it was hilarious that this just it looks like crap. Like it looks, I mean, off, the lighting is one thing, but to just to have the It's a wrestling. But the show. cords are not even like that far. It's not like they're in a spot where the wrestlers can't if they get thrown out of the ring, God forbid uh uh Bill Watts' is booking because then you'd get disqualified. But if somebody was thrown out of the ring, they could easily have landed back first on the cords. Like they're right they're they're like two feet from the ring. But I just think it's why would that be a problem?
2: I don't know. It's just funny, man. It's okay because the cords not plugged in.
1: (laughs) <laughs> the whole time, <laughs> well, no, it, they didn't need them for lighting there. anyway. Yeah. They're just there, you know. they just that's, built on top man, of it. Man, you got me. I was like, "Where is it? Where the hell are you going with this?" that's yep. that was. That was and don't even get me
2: started on the Watts thing. Like, oh, we could we'll, have we we'll, electrocution, and we're go gone We'll get there unplugged.
1: We'll get there know? eventually. So. I think once we cover like, well, I don't remember when he takes over, but we could do like Havoc eighty nine or 90 I don't want to do any of these shows anymore. But yeah, well, too bad. <laughs> 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 too bad because they're great fodder. <laughs> they are fun. fun they're, they're this is a really fun show. So. Yeah, there's just the mess of cords on the outside. So Sting is standing. He's standing on them, actually, after Butch tosses him out twice. JR calls Butch's right hand. Do you catch this? A soup bone. And I'm going to start using that now. I don't know what a soup bone is. A big-ass ham bone that you put in soup or, like, beans or whatever, and the ham kind of... It's, you know, for flavoring purposes, like bone broth. Okay. So... Butch has a big bone in his no. hand. Mm-hmm. And, and Sting's face is the soup? Yes. It turned to soup after Butch <laughs> Hacksaw Butch hit him Oh, himself. poor Sting. He yes. spent all that time on his makeup like and everything. I like the soup bone name, though. That's yeah. great. Uh-huh. So this match, uh, we're already about 10 minutes too long on this one. This one's gone way too long. Uh, and JR is so distracted. He's talking about Chicago Bears football and Brad Muster. Who's seated next to a Leo Sayer-haired Dave Meltzer. I don't know if you noticed Dave Meltzer at ringside this whole time.
2: Was he green?
1: He wasn't gr- he was a. Gr- he wasn't green. He was green to the wrestling business. He had only been riding oh, for I see. about okay. 20-something years yeah, so far. Bad. So not he was bad. brand yeah. new. Yeah.
0: I don't like this With his,
1: he, he had his Leo Sayer Bay City Rollers hair. But he's from the Bay Area, so fair play. Um, he's sitting right next to him. Uh, so anyway. One of these two men, this is in my notes here, one of these two men in this match is a current tag team champion on a wrestling promotion with a TV contract that just came to mind. Keep going. It's not Butch Reed, so we know Keep who it is. Keep going. It's Sting. 64-year-old Sting. This pay-per-view is 35 years, 35 years old this month. So um, Teddy Long actually costs Butch Reed the match. Sting wins on a pin reversal. Uh, Reed tries to get his heat back, beating up Sting. Sting takes over, he beats up Butch, and he he nails some suit bones of his own. So I'm going to give this one one and a half star, and the half is for soup bone and the use of it by both men and good old JR. So what did you think about this terrible, terrible match? All I'm going to say
2: is my notes say, goofy finish, I don't care.
1: God, they had so many goofy finishes.
2: Half a part. star.
1: Half of, Okay, there he Since is. Since that's what all of he's, you guys he's want. He's using the star rating. How many bags of popcorn, though? Because the star rating goes to five. The popcorn rating goes to six. <sighs> I'm kidding. All right, so let's go to the back. We've got Pop <laughs> with Paul E. Dangerously, <laughs> otherwise known as Paul. Paul E. Paul E. Paul Heyman. Randy Rose, one of the original Midnights. And Jack Victory, just a guy who was thrown in here. Um, Paulie tells us that Dennis isn't here, and he's replaced him with a secret weapon. I guess, ooh, a Russian who is not being a Russian here. He's taken the mask off, and he's back to his American heritage, back to the ring. And we've got uh, this one. I'm, I am excited about this match, not because of the crappy Newbin. I the know Crappy why. original Midnight. I know why. But I love Paul, and I love Corny, yeah. and I love the Midnight. So yep. I love this version of the Midnight. It's my favorite version. Sweet Stan, beautiful Bobby, and obviously Cornette. You mean Lex Luger. Lex Luger Jr. Lex, you, Lex Luger Sr. Yes. yes. Yeah, he was in the business longer. But this is a six-man loser leaves NWA match. Uh, now we get promo time from the Midnights, and uh, James E. Cornette says, Cornette, Cornette says Paul tried to mess with him with a sub. And Corny says, we're not leaving the NWA. Not, not now, anyway. They'd leave soon after this because they got tired of all this crap, too. Um, so we've got the original Midnight Express, Randy Rose and Jack Victory, who is not very original at all, with Paulie Dangerously versus the Midnight Express, Sweet Stan Lane, beautiful Bobby Eaton, along with good old JC, Jim Cornette. Jim in his, is in a great yeah. squishy red bodysuit and what I thought were some Jordan 4s or maybe like the which I, you know, I put well, he, in here. But they He turned, looked
2: like an incredible. He did. Me.
1: He was. He dressed he, the red with the black. Yep. The black underwear kind of thing going. It's probably there. the
2: inspiration for the whole thing
1: <laughs> well dude there's that there's that um that great not great i'm looking at kevin owens banging his head on the glass on that's so great it's awesome um that there's some anime show that has just been dressing the character lupin lupin something mm-hmm. yeah, yeah who dresses like cornet but they were they had no idea he was doing this show was on before cornet was a thing and Cor- they dressed exactly the same. They even had a heavy that looked like Big Bubba. I'll have to show you some pictures. Yeah. But it's so funny because that was, you know, it, it seems like it was art imitating. Like it really was. It was just two things happening at the same time. Um, so, yeah. So, who knows? Who knows where the incredible stuff came from? So, Cornet wants Heyman to start the match. Um, it looks, and let's see. Okay, so there's just some Zach Morris high tops. They're, they weren't at Tonics or Jordans, upon further review. Uh, Randy and Sweet Stain. Sweet Stain. <laughs> the space evades. Sweet Stain. I I, I put Stan and Lane together. The Sweet Stain. What if he just <laughs> dropped his name? He's not going to go with <laughs> Stan Lane anymore. The Sweet
2: Stain. Oh, I
1: love this. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Try escaping this for the sweet rest of the stain Sweet starts Stain starts out the match. So, Ooh, what a stain it was! So Jim uh, Jr. brings up Stan being buddies with Vanna White. Uh, this t- okay? What's funny on the next sentence? Instead of writing "sweet Stan" in my notes, I wrote "sweet stand." Sweet, <laughs> sweet stand had educated feet like X Pac. Which remember, he would always yes, refer to X Pac. I do, remember but he that. would refer to uh-huh. Stan because yeah. Stan was doing a lot of karate junk. here. He would just kick people. Um. Yeah, and it just feels it feels weird here because Randy isn't. The Midnight you think of. I mean, he's, it, you know. Well, Bobby is not the beautiful that you would think Bobby of. Bobby is beautiful. No, I'm no. just saying. <laughs> when you think of the Midnight Express, the original Midnights were, were Dennis Condry and Randy Rose. Then Dennis Condry moves with Bobby Eaton. Dennis Condry is then gone, and Eaton's plugged. Uh, then they plug in Sweet Stain, right? So he's <laughs> They plug in the sweet stain <laughs> so you know what i mean it's it's a it's quite an evolution over time so then the whole thing with this story is that paul's bringing the original midnights back now the funny thing is is well, like dennis doesn't show up and uh, i'm gonna get to this here in a minute but i just i was stan looks all right sorry hold on stan, let we keep going here stan looks great drop toehold into a double elbow cornet hits the fargo strut which you know you've seen jeff jarrett do a million times uh stan and bobby god they're just so damn good i'm i'm and there's women in the crowd shouting. You don't even see that nowadays anymore. There's People are in love with, with, with this, this long mulleted hair. Um, anyway, what were you going to say? Sorry.
2: I didn't know who was on whose team because everybody was wearing red. Yes. And they were dressed the
1: exact same. I didn't think that they should have done except for Heyman, who's in, like, all bright pink.
2: Uh, yeah, he's dressed in, like, Paxson from yes. 1980. <laughs> you know how old
1: Heyman was here? Uh, 27. 13. <laughs> same age as uh steve Martin. i was gonna guess 13 <laughs> i know i don't Jeez, know why you didn't man, i know i'm I don't stupid why. so, I'm so stupid. um yeah anyway uh george scott like i, I was saying earlier he'd great rather scott. he'd rather get great scott would rather get rid of Cornette, bobby and stan and keep conjury with the new partner well i
2: mean with the labor laws you know he can't hire a 13 year old
1: that is correct so Conjury no-showed this because of the dumb schedule that Jim Crockett Promotions tried to pull. Um, I think I cover this a lo- Let me look down at my notes here, but I think I covered some of that here. Let's see. No, okay. The reason that Conjury didn't show up is because he was – the pay-per-view is on this day, right? He lives in, he lives in Denver, or he lives in Colorado. WCW or JCP flies him to a spot show in Georgia, a nothing little spot show. He does the spot show. Then they book him on a plane back to Denver, and then they want to book him on a plane back, to all within a few days of each other, to Chicago. Instead of just having him fly to Chicago and stay there and put him up, they fly him zigzagging across. So he just doesn't go. He just doesn't show up. So Heyman... um, Cornette is in the locker room, and they're, and they're getting prepped. Heyman walks in, and he sees a look on his face. And he, and he looks at Paulie, and he goes, Dennis isn't coming, is he? And Paul's like, nope, he's not coming. So they have to kind of scramble and throw Jack Victory into the spot here. But just because of their horrible logistical handling of Dennis Condry, he just doesn't show up. Um, I don't want to say he ended up, he, he came back at some point to JCP. But anyway, the crowd's hot. Just I know I sidebarred there but that is important to the story. The crowds hot for Paulie. He is over big time as a heel manager. They want to see him get his ass kicked and they want to see Cornette do it. Um did you see that great bump that that beautiful Bobby had off the uh off the apron? I did. Yeah, he he landed it was funny though cuz where he landed it, it was where I was having this lower rib pain on my left side. So mm-hmm. it actually when he landed it actually hurt.
2: Yeah, they were it they was, were
1: talking about how it. I was like I, I I don't know how anybody can come back from that
3: and
2: yes, continue in yes. a wrestling match. And, exactly. Yeah. Um, if you were a regular man, he'd
1: be down, but he's not a regular man. He's beautiful. He Bobby. Not. He's
2: beautiful. Bobby. Yes.
1: Paul's punches look actually, they actually look good. They look better than probably 80% of the punches thrown in. It wasn't bad. Today. I was yeah. actually impressed with how good both yeah. of them look. Oh, they dude, they could both work if they, I mean, I don't think Paul could work. Corny could have worked if he had a body for it, but obviously you see him in a squishy suit and you, you know, there's no body for, uh, Recording. but he's incredible he i know you're it's a pun there but he really was like i i, I like the stuff anything he ever did physically it was so good and i know he you know he got it from managers the uh, managers of the past and whatever but he was really a forerunner on him and you know him and heenan really taking those cool bumps i didn't think jimmy hart was ever good at it or anybody like that. there's nobody that holds a candle to those two men um they're my two favorite managers of all time easy to say um, but as far as, like, bumping, doing the bump and, do, you know, getting the the crowd to explode when the babyface finally gets a hold of him, those two were the kings of it. Um, where were we? Okay, so Cornette wants Paulie. Crowd is screaming. You know, Cornette's finally a babyface after all these years as a heel with the Midnights. Um,
2: Rose yeah, that was attacks, actually interesting to well,
1: me. They kept... Seeing what, him, him as, as a baby yeah, as face? A face. Yeah, yeah. you never yeah. see that with him. No, and even then, I mean, God, you didn't see it then. Hardly, you know, ever. I don't think they were ever baby faces. Um, so he keeps, they keep, you know, kind of, what. what's great about this match is they keep kind of baiting us or teasing us with the with Cornette and Heyman showdown, finally. Because Rose, you know, Randy attacks Cornette. Paulie comes in, he stomps on him. Again, Cornette's selling is so good. Now, he's cut off as the babyface in peril. Uh, Randy Rose, Paul Heyman, they keep cutting him off. Bobby saves the day. He hits a bulldog on Jack Victory. The hot tag to Sweet Stan, or Sweet Stain, a.k.a. The he works on Victory. Another cutoff by the, new, or by the original Midnights. I want to call them the new Midnights, like Bob Holly and, and, <laughs> <laughs> and
3: the WWE. Yeah, 1996,
1: <laughs> whoops, 97, whenever that was. Uh, so, Cornette's still selling in the corner. JR reminds us that uh, the one who gets pinned must leave the NWA. See, that confused the hell out of me. It's only, it's not the team. It felt it's- like
2: the, no, it felt like it was manager versus manager. And so, whichever manager's team lost, they'd have to leave. And then whenever the finish came, they're just like, he has to leave. And I was mm-hmm. like, wait, what? It wasn't clear, right, on who was, was supposed super to. super confusing. Yeah,
1: yeah. and we'll get to that. I thought here, it was so. the manager's
2: beef, and then that. Was the stipulation? Well, that was the match. A, that
1: was a story. It's like, well, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna rid the midnights of you know. I've got the original. This is the original. You know, this is a genuine right. article, right? All right, yeah. let's
2: let's finish and then get to how weird the finish.
1: is. Yes, yes. Um, where were we? Cut another cut off by the new by the new midnights. There it is. Cornette's still selling in the corner. Jr. reminds us of the big Paul E. Big Paul E. Sucks chant going on. Um, I put my. Quote in the wrong spot. But yeah, Paul Lee sucks chant is, is happening, which is great. Um, just thinking that no one should care about Rose and Victory, but the work that they've done by the, by the managers has completely elevated the makeshift team. Think about them having to plug somebody in, and you saw how hot and how over the crowd was there. But they did so much work to get all of this stuff over. Um, I noticed that Sweet stands in the Hogan boots and the knee pads, but also the Midnight Stripe uh, down the side. <clears throat> and I just love the sharp, simple look of the of the Midnight's. It's, you know, all the only thing that made them stand out with their gear is they just had the stripe. You know. Anyway, uh, Bobby comes in. They all fired. had stripes. The no. whole ma- everybody in the match had stripes. Well, that was the thing about the Midnight's. It was like a very little, simple touch, and it just set them apart with whoever they were in with. Unless they're in there with the other Midnight's, then it makes. You know, I see. Yeah. Okay. I'm dumb. No, you're not. I'm dumb. Great work by Bobby. Um, Eaton, Eaton made the, uh, the, the ta- uh, he made victory, he tag Heyman. He like grabs, crowd explodes. So we finally get Corny and Heyman. Well, hey, Corny, while he's, you know, going, he goes to work. Chicago is, is on fire. He hits a great looking clothesline. He tags Stan. Now there's all six men in. Tommy Young has completely lost control. The Midnight Spike rose. He is gone from the NWA. The Midnight's win and Ravishing Randy must leave the NWA. I gave this one three stars. Um Dennis Condry here, I think would have made it pretty an exceptional six man with you know with the managers. I think it would have been exceptional with him there. Not to take anything away from Jack Victory. I thought he carried his weight. I mean he's a he's a credible worker. Um it's just putting in a weird situation. You just feel like an afterthought. Yeah. But I thought they did a lot of good work here. So anyway. What do you got?
2: No stars. I was
1: confused
2: <laughs> the entire time. I did not understand the stipulations of the match because they were not explained to me. And from now on, um, no longer Bucknell's party on
1: Instagram. You can find me at Jack Victory. Perfect. I hope he doesn't have that already, because then you have to be Jack Victory7 or something. Yeah,
2: Victory <laughs> 3, 2, 9,
1: 1. Jack Victory3291. Jack Victory stain. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was- <laughs> <laughs> Jack Victory Stain, I like that. Oh my God, That's <laughs> you can
1: find me, and like, t- tweet me at Jack Victory Stain. Uh, you might not want to do that because it's not Shep, but go ahead. Maybe you'll strike up a good wrestling yeah, conversation yeah. with. <laughs> like, don't do that. <laughs> You're gonna find something weird. Find a weirdo probably with some. That. Um, yeah. Uh huh. Well, yeah.
2: That back is to uh...
1: fine. All right, back to Bob Cottle with Ric Flair and Hiro Matsuda from the Yamasaki Corp. Uh, Flair calls himself the Golden Stallion, which I love. Uh, I'm also going to use that. I'm going to be the the Golden Stallion with the soup bone for a right hand. Flair, <laughs> Flair <laughs> you're going to be the Jack Victory stain. Jack Victory stain. You're the Golden Stallion. <laughs> Soup bones. See, there you go. Putting myself over again. Just <laughs> yeah, throwing yeah, you into yeah, no, the bus. You definitely. Completely <laughs> throwing it. <That's... laughs> the Soup Bone Stallions. Soup just... Yes. You'll be Sweet Stain. Yes. No, you'll be Jack Victory. <laughs> no. And I'll be Sweet Stain. <laughs> 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 the Soup Bone <laughs> Stallions. <laughs> Jack Victory 7 <laughs> and Sweet steak. Jack Victory 32 <laughs> Just to recap this segment.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Can we take the a break? Soup <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, here. we can't. We have to keep this in the <laughs> soup bone stallions. Jesus Christ. Oh, <laughs> <coughs> Flair puts over Matsuda. Oh my god. Flair puts over Matsuda as a great mind, the greatest ever, in fact. Rick Flair is shouting, woo. Whether you like it or, or whether you don't like it, you better learn to love it because it's the best, best thing going, going today. Back to JR and Magnum for a TV title match that I think went for another three hours. We've got the champion, Rick Steiner. Who is the current NWA television champion versus Go Way Heat his IRS his Mike? Tag Rotunda. Team
2: partner. Wait, no, they're all on the same team. They were just the same.
1: Again, oh my very God. confused. Okay, and I put that in my notes here. I'm gonna talk about his, right. his ring gear. Little so let rip. I'll get to it. So we get Braun versus Bray, nineteen eighty nine. These two, uh, these two would it's also swap the WWF tag team titles in the early 90s Money Inc versus the Steiners. Of course, great it was stuff. about 3 or 4 years later, 1993. Oh, yeah. Uh seems early to think about the Steiners in like 93 in the WWF, well, was, but they were there, they were, they, were they were there, there. in 93. Yep. No, I just I don't know why I think of it as much later, but you know, I don't know. It's it's a lot earlier than I thought. Steiners and Money Inc teams would be the only two tag team champions from October of 92 until September of 1993. Steiner and Rotunda and some almost matching drab gear that, again, makes me feel like I'm watching an inferior product. Rick looks like he grabbed a singlet from the Michigan Wolverines wrestling practice from the night before. Um, And I said in my notes, maybe they had a big turn, a big 10 tourney at Northwestern or something.
2: No, I just think it's because on his singlet, it said
1: Michigan but it was all faded and then on the back it said Dogface gremlin and it was completely no, it faded did it? yes okay see you don't even I didn't, know no, I didn't it's see lit it. poorly and it's completely <laughs> faded get your eyes checked victory 3227 well, um, it's 3291 <laughs> 3291 all right um where were we this match again entirely too long this is not a pay-per-view match i mean this is a this is a tv match um, Steiner's not a big star. He's a good TV champ because I like the way he worked. I, I love the way great he though. Yeah, he does. Physically, he looks like he a million looks amazing. Bucks. Yeah. Um, he he's still, you know, he's he's a little clunky. I mean, I, I was I got bored for the time. I mean, it was 10 minutes, but IRS, I mean, Rotunda bores the hell out of me. Um, I've said that a million times. So we're gonna still see him. We're going anytime we do these retros, I feel like he's gonna be on every pay-per-view. He's just gonna pop in there to to torture me for a little bit. Um, I, I loved I love Steiner matches. I mean, they're one of my favorite tag teams. Uh, I put it on our Instagram. Like, my Mount Rushmore has, like, nine tag teams on it, but the Steiners oh, are yeah. top two or three for tag me. Tag team gay. Oh, I, man. I love tag. I mean, and this was, you know, thought of as a, as a tag team territory for a long time until George Scott, you know, kind of changed it. But Yeah, whenever he got home from the war. Correct. <laughs> uh, JR, JR goes over the Steiner, uh, or goes over, you know, Rick Steiner being a, a sh- having a legit shooter background, gaining 63 pounds, which I'm sure were obtained naturally through Rick's Extreme Eating and Lifting Program, with zero additional substances. No, none at all. Yep. By the way, Dogface Gremlin, still one of the greatest nicknames of all time. Oh, yeah. Teddy Long's Jerry Curl Skullet is glistening with soul glow. It's dripping off the back of his neck. Looks gorgeous. It is. If you watch, he's sweating his ass off, and, like, there's a close-up shot, and you just see... All the soul glow, like, falling off the, the back here. That's okay. amazing. All right. So, and I love you hear the, the five-minute time limit time limit announced by, um who was the announcer? Was it Gary Michael Capetano? I don't know, but, was it, it like, Spencer? they were announcing that in every single match. I love so. when they announced yeah, it. Yeah, I if thought it was pretty was, cool. If it was gimmick. I thought it was or cool. if it was part of the story, like, if it's going to go Broadway or it's going to be a draw or something. I love when they're yep. announcing it. I don't care. I didn't care about it. They did the in every match. That turned me off from WCW really? at the time as a kid. Oh, I, I couldn't stand it as a yeah. kid. I like it better now. I don't think you need it in every match, unless it's part of the story. Well, no, I don't think yeah. you have to do that. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. you can say, "Oh, it's a one-hour time limit, and TV time remaining, whatever." But they did. I did like that, and I couldn't remember if this was Capetta or Penzer. I'd, I'd have to go back and watch. Uh, as he announced, they had such a distinct. To me, they were just, um, again one of those inferior things. They're just not Finkel. Just didn't sound like Finkel, you know. They just nobody the Penzer does. was. Woo! all the time it just kind of monotone in the background didn't do a lot for me um where are we at five minutes steiner's busted open with a sleeper hold somehow steiner is on his back with rotunda (laughs) on top jr says mike is going sleepy by steiner's shoulders are on the mat teddy long counts rotunda wins the match that was dull boring and too long rotunda is the new tv champ and he's joined again this is always oh, a he repeat won it winner. Back. Oh, okay. He won it back. So he's joined by Doctor Death, Steve Williams, and Sullivan, my son, Kevin Sullivan. I gave this one one and three quarter stars. What do you got?
2: Zero stars.
1: Again, zero stars. I gave this one five bags of popcorn. And maybe a little, uh, a little, um, um, a little, a little, a little Michigan logo. A little Michigan logo. No, a Syracuse, a little orange for the little orange.
2: orange. Oh, yeah, that's good. Because he was Syracuse. Yes, it was.
1: Wait, what? They all represented colleges, but what about Kevin Sullivan? Did he represent? I know Ross makes a point of him being a shooter in the tag match, too, like having a, a background, like wrestling in college, but. Steiner, legit shooter. Dr. Death, Oklahoma, legit shooter. Rotunda, Syracuse, legit shooter. What was Kevin Sullivan's college? Fear. <laughs> the dark arts. Uni- oh, Harry Potter University. Hogwarts. <laughs> no, that's where he went to. That's not where he went to school. Yeah.
2: No, he went to like Flash Gordon High or something oh, like that. Okay. Like, the, like the lightning
1: bolt eyebrows and stuff Perfect. like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Curtis, uh, Curtis uh, Iakea was the head instructor. Don't get that because you'd never watched WCW 1995. Don't worry, we'll get there too. All right, interview with Hawk and Animal and the beautiful NWA tag belts with the blue straps. Love those. Uh, Dead Man Don't Feel Pain. Hawk and Animal shout about Chicago and the OK Corral. (laughs) SmackDown manager, current SmackDown manager, Paul Ellering tells us the cards are down. Lots of Western references, but we're in Chicago. So. We're in the Midwest, not quite, not in uh, Death Valley or anything here. What, did you have a note on that? Uh, Yeah. Okay. no, <laughs> Thanks. All right. So now, all right. So we get the promo. Hold on. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Watch this. We get the promo. We're told that we're having a tag team title match. And I don't know if this is because it's crappy editing on the network or Peacock. But I'm sitting here going, all right, we got the Road Warriors and the Varsity Club for the tag titles. Wait. It's Lex Luger and Barry Windham in the ring. Yeah. So they snuck in. Did you catch that too? That it was like, I thought it was a tag title match. And all of a sudden, we get Bad Boy Barry. Bad Boy Barry with Hiro Matsuda. Again, who's done nothing at ringside for any of these matches so far. Versus, he hasn't said anything. He's offered nothing in the promos. Um Versus Lex, Lex Luger. This is for the NWA. The, this is the two title, number two title in the company. Two, I mean, God, Barry Barry is thought of as a great worker. Lex is not, always. But I have to say, Lex really impressed me here from a match standpoint. And then the post-match promo standpoint was really impressive. A hot start. Now we've got all the Chicago luminaries here. We've got a White Sox executive, I believe. What did they say his name? Uh, Einhorn? Eddie Einhorn. J.R. Lauds, the big Chicago celebrity. Whoever Eddie Einhorn is in 1989, I don't remember. Big celebrity in Chicago. But they had those great uniforms at the time with the number on the leg, yes. the white, the blue, yeah, and the stripes. Remember, we we were wondering. Oh no, that was it's, a... it's the pullback hitter. Logo, yes, right. Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So remember, we were going over. That was before they went to the black and white. Pinstripes, yes, correct. Which are uh-huh. great too. But um, we the Sammy Sosa pinstripes. Going over the Sammy Sosa. That's yeah. who you brought up from the white.
2: Sammy Sosa was on that team. Started with the White socks. Down with the pinstripes? No, not with the pinstripes, but with the the pullback. Oh, that's oh gotcha. Got well, it, I, I think he were... was there for the number on the on the
1: pants, too. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was. And that's yeah. my the baseball card I have of him is that one. Yeah. Um anyway, where were we? Yeah. Okay. So they weren't in the pinstripes yet. Luger. Starts it off. Amazing clothesline. These guys look great. Both of them look good. I thought they both had great looks. Barry's a huge guy. Luger, obviously, body guy. Uh, Luger misses a top rope torpedo. Wyndham gets away. Luger's wrestling acumen here actually looks fantastic for once. Uh, Obviously, the attitude was an issue, but, you know, he gets a bad rap, but you see what he's capable of at this point. And by 1999, he probably shouldn't have, you know, such a prominent role on WCW television, which we saw but 10 years earlier. I think he looks incredible. Um, I feel like like Luger is in the um, the Orton post-evolution role here, as they keep mentioning the partnership with Luger and Wyndham in the Horsemen, you know, or, or, you know, Luger and Wyndham is tag champs, right? Luger broke away. He couldn't win the title from Flair, as we learn later. Flair doesn't drop the belt to Luger. He takes the big gold to Connecticut and gives it to Vince. Luger gets his win over Flair. Um, oh, doesn't get his win over Flair, sorry. He wins the newly minted WCW world title, which is not as romantic as the big gold. The belt was not ready, so they subbed it for Dusty's old PWF world title belt that was in storage. Funny enough, turning heel and winning it against Barry Windham. In fact, at that time, much later when he had um, he had um, Harley Race and Mr. Hughes, you know, to the ring oh, I love Mr. Hughes. Oh, I know, right? I mean, he was totally useless in the ring, but I just loved him being there as a Great heady. presence. Yeah, yeah. yeah just mm-hmm. a great screen, like, for this, you know, on screen. <clears throat> so back to the match. Wyndham hits a German on Luger. Shoulders are on the mat. Another mat, match with the same damn finish. Why did George Scott like these so much? Luger wins because his shoulders were off the mat. The crowd erupts, and Barry attacks Lex. He gives him a pile driver on the belt. Gets his heat back. Same crap that they did with uh, Butch Reed a few minutes ago. Matsuda is a charisma vacuum. He adds nothing to this. New New United States champion, Lex Luger. Zero stars. <laughs> to me, this is two and a half stars. Decent match, short and explosive. I think it was about eight minutes. Matsuda is doing nothing for anybody here. Um, they do the same finish as the last singles match right before this. No wonder George Scott was sent back to Florida, where with hopefully the belt that Dusty got, the PWF belt, sent them in the same UPS package back to Florida. Yep. Interview time. Please sign for me. <laughs> <laughs> Interview time with boring Mike Rotunda. IRS, such a bad promo to me. Um,
2: he mentions he yells and he looks sleepy all the time.
1: Yeah, it's just and there's nothing to him. I mean, there's just nothing. Like the the look is dull and boring and. I see why Vince had to put him in a dull and boring. Maybe he saw these promos. and was like, I'm going to make you an IRS guy because <laughs> you're dull and boring You're
4: boring,
2: and I
1: hate you. So that's why. That's why he put Such him. In, I don't a hate weird money. reason to employ somebody. I know. I know. But that's you probably work why me? He did. I hate you. Yeah. Um, anyway, he mentions the future in 10 years. Like I did, you know, with the two sons wrestling, uh, Braun breaker and, but they never got to wrestle. Um, in t- 10 years, blah, blah, blah. I'm asleep now. Give me the big meat, boys, already with the Road, Warrior, Road Warriors and Dr. Death. That's all I want to see. And we get there. What do you have? How many stars again? For what? Five bags of popcorn. All for right. What? What a, for that match. Which Luger, match? Luger Windham. Oh, zero. How but, many stars for the promo? <laughs> zero. All oh, right.
2: no, no. But the promo is actually fun because Lex has got this towel on his head.
1: No, He's no, no. Not like... that promo. Rotundo's promo is here. The Lex one is after this.
2: Oh, well, zero.
1: All right, zero started. We'll get to the next one. Don't worry. He's very sweaty. Yes. Oh, yeah, Rotunda? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, he's sweaty. Like, like Soul Glow, Teddy Long, sweaty. No,
4: just
2: uh, sweaty.
1: Tag team title Regular match. Regular sweaty. The Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal, with Paul Ellering as champions, versus the Varsity Club, which is Kevin Sullivan and Dr. Death, Steve Williams. From Oklahoma and... Death Valley? Where did Kevin Sullivan go to school? Oh, uh, Grimace Warts? What are they? (laughs) Is that right? I've never seen any Harry Potter stuff. My son loves it, though. (laughs) Grimace Warts?
4: Aren't they all?
1: Grimace Warts? (laughs) (laughs) Name a (laughs) school Arizona State. <laughs> Wait, what? Did he go to Arizona State? I, 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 don't I, don't know. Know. I thought he went to Grimace Ward. <laughs> I mean,
2: you talking about Grimace Ward; sounds
1: like Arizona State. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so we get a okay. hot start here. Sullivan, myself, with some chops. He he can't. Uh, but he can't clothesline for any. He's like the worst clotheslines in wrestling. Never could. Uh, I never thought much of Sullivan in the ring. Um, but this, I mean, I, I like, I actually like this match, though, a lot. Um, tags in Dr. Death, him and Animal lock up. We get power versus power, standoff, shoulders, shoulder blocks, all that. Dr. Death would have been amazing in WWE at this time, especially after the steroid mess. Um, he, he I think he would have stood out more after when all the steroid guys kind of left. I know he was probably a steroid guy, too. I'm just saying. Um, I thought he would have stood out because of his look in that period. Because, you, you mean know, his haircut? <laughs> yes, haircut. They no, because think about they, think dude, about dude. think about this so they went to backland and like stuff like that. I yeah. mean Dr. Death would have stood out oh, in, that, in that in like, that environment Dr. Death over
2: Bob Backlund. God,
1: I would have taken that a million times before. It, imagine him and Brett just wars, like great amount, I mean stuff that they were doing like him and Austin were doing, uh-huh. him and Dr. Death could have been doing in like 1993. Really? Absolutely. So? Yeah, okay. definitely. You know, I don't know if he would have aligned with Yokozuna or anything, but I'm I'm just Fantasy booking, but yeah, you know, I, th- I just thought it would have been he would have he would have fit in really well in that locker room. Um, Ella Ellering is dressed like Kamala's handler, Kim Chi. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, not not finally Kim Chi not being played by Steve Lombardi, it's being played by Paul Ellering. Sullivan tosses out Animal, Animal nails it with a chair. Teddy Long is occupied by Hawk and Dr. Death. Where is Mean Mark? Teddy Long needs to make this a tag team match playa. That's what I put in my notes. Yep. I ain't uh, no one
2: to take it here.
1: Yeah, you got to put mean mark. I'm making this a six-man tag team match with mean mark player. <laughs> Animal trying to fight for the tag, but he's actually being masterfully double-teamed and isolated by the heels. Uh Animal Nails Sullivan. Sullivan, my son, actually does this amazing lockdown spot where he falls to the foot, locks Animal's foot up, and holds him to where he can't tag. He's able to tag Steve Williams back in. Dr. Death is so good at the isolation. He misses a move, and then he goes right back to grabbing Animal, like by any means necessary, keeping him from tagging Hawk. And these guys are actually, I mean, Sullivan's actually impressing me, which I've never liked a Sullivan match. Um, So he's pretty decent in a tag when when you were able to hide. No, yeah, with the tag. His shortcomings. Yeah, yeah. if you can hide his shortcomings, no pun intended. He was always great in a group. Well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, great in a group? Did you really like the the dungeon of doom at the time yes
2: it's like the early 90s i was like fucking oh, it's okay <laughs> Dave Meltzer
1: <laughs> said the s word that's fine i was like like s years old yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah but i i thought it was good um because who doesn't like shark <laughs> Shark, Haku, the Faces of Fear, The Dungeon of Doom. That's right, baby. The whole bit. Um, That's great. I like the visual of it. I'm just saying, That's what I'm I, saying I it never was thought, scary, forget. I never thought Sullivan could really wrestle, but I've never watched Sullivan's Territories Florida stuff. I've like never I said, really he had the Flash Gordon it. eyebrows. He looked like a Flash Gordon villain. Definitely. Yes, yes. So great selling by Animal. I mean, Animal could Animal could really sell here. He was, he was doing a good job as the baby face in peril. Um, he hits this great double clothesline, here comes a hot tag, Hawk comes in, works on Sullivan, nails Dr. Death, Hawk with the big shoulder, uh, Sullivan again, he sells it poorly, um, those are the kind of things you can hide a little bit better in a tag match, so all four men are engaged, Williams and Hawk go to the outside, Animal, Animal gets Sullivan up to do the doomsday device, but Dr. Death breaks it up, um, Hawk gets. He's, Hawk goes up top anyway, He hits the clothesline on Sullivan, but he's pinned in Christ Almighty, another double pin spot because Dr. Death is pinning Animal, but Animal's shoulder is up and he's like under the rope. Mm -hmm. So Teddy Long counts the fall and still the NWA World Tag Team champions Hawk and Animal, the Legion of Doom as they're announced. The Road Warriors, lots of names. Dude. George Scott, what three matches in a, in a, row, a row on the same three the matches in a row with the same with okay not the same shoulder on the mat spot like they did in the other the other two, but this same double pin thing three times in a row. Yep, I'd send him back to Florida too. So give this one three stars. I really like this match a lot. What about you? Zero stars. How many bags of popcorn? Great. Back to Bob Cottle and Lex. (laughs) Lex, Lex, I can't believe you haven't caught up on that yet. Or I'm just going to cut you off when I ask you that. That's great. I really wish you would. Lex cuts the promo of his career. This is one of the best promos I've ever seen. (laughs) So bad. What is? The promo is bad. The promo is not bad. He actually sounds legit. Go ahead and give your reasons for why it's awesome. Because he sounded like a normal human being for once, he wasn't shouting. With the giant head wound. Yes, well, that's, you know, selling. He
2: right? sounded like a man with a head wound.
1: <laughs> I thought he was fine. He's. All, I finally he, believe in me. He comes off like a like a legit, like a good baby face. Here sure. Here. But yeah, I like That's all, but that's, I mean, that's what he was looking to accomplish. He's I don't want a
2: guy who looks like Lex Luger, who's got this, like, you know, he's got his blood bandana on and everything. Not like he's with the gang, but, you know, he's got Who a... looks
1: like the villain from Superman 4? No. Because he, <laughs> he did. No, he did well.
2: Yes, he did. I don't know. Maybe he's got a towel (laughs) with blood on, and like it's he's just like I got my head slammed into the into the belt. So now he's right back. Like like now. (laughs) (laughs) So no, he's just like just a big dumb piece. (laughs) Leon's a big dumb piece. Easy (laughs) Vader. No, he's just saying it's like I. The crowd believes in me, and now I. Finally, believe in me. Like you look at a guy like Lex Luger, and believe and that. you <laughs> tell me that this guy's never believed in himself—not once. That's the stupidest thing I've ever no, seen. I mean, you know, like I get, I get, I get—he's appealing to you know the people and everything. But it's like you sit and you look at it and you go, "That's dumb. That's dumb."
1: And I don't know. I didn't buy it. I thought it was silly. Understandable. Zero okay. stars. I, I, I did like it. <laughs> I feel, I feel you. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um. All right, so we go to, uh, we're back to Nature Boy Ric Flair, the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion versus the Dragon. I mean, Ricky, I messed that up. The Nature Boy Ric Flair, the NWA World's Heavyweight Defending Undisputed Champion versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Jim Ross calls Rick the greatest champion of all time, and it's amazing how true that probably still is to this day. Magnum says Ricky can beat him, though. We get studio wrestling footage of Wyndham and Flair versus Steamer and Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert. Uh, He pinned Flair with a crossbody, and then we cut to Flair challenging Steamboat, calling him a loser. Uh, Steamer beats him up in Cleveland, strips him down, just like he did, like I said, with George Scott in 1979. Uh, Ripped all his clothes off. Uh, They started feuding, drew a ton of money. So they're counting on lightning to strike here again. And with the match that we're about to get, it happened. It happened um fans love seeing the rich prick uh heel you know in his fifteen thousand dollars suit get ripped off um and i bet this was actually from michael's clothing in kansas city much big shout out to them they a big sponsor of the show i love seeing steamboat get stripped down steamboat or flair yeah
2: steamboat well flair got stripped no he's the rich prick right who steamboat no like his wife walks in a wedding dress His wedding
1: dresses. I know. Like I mean, how much more can but, you just flaunt? In, but remember in the faces. The the footage though is Flair standing in the ring with four women, with four women in evening gowns, and he's what is so damn funny. Come on, spit it out, Victory.
2: Steve walks around with his kids, <laughs> like. What look a prick! At, look at all these he kids needs to I check,
1: have. He needs to check his monogamous privilege a at the jerk, door, dude. Such a jerk. <laughs> the little kid had a headband I on. Know. Who and... who can afford a headband? No. In like, that economy, in the Reagan economy, which is actually pretty good, but freaking 1989. Steamboat. Ass. Um. Yeah. So uh, the move. <laughs> the match starts out. Hate A lot of movement from both guys. Uh, roll up, Flair kicks out, exits. Back to Brad Muster again for some reason. Chicago notable. Where the hell's Michael Jordan? Why couldn't they get, like, Horace Grant or uh, Bill Cartwright or Jim, Jim, Jim Paxson? They were playing for the Bears at the time. Bulls. No Bears. Oh.
2: Like, like, Muster wasn't there, so somebody had to play fullback for the
1: Bears. No, Muster, what do you mean Muster wasn't there? I'm saying well, where Muster was...
2: was in the crowd. So somebody had to go and play fullback for the Bears.
1: Because he was there. Ten four. Okay. Yeah. It's February. Yeah. They were knocked out of the playoffs were, by that. Yeah. They had not played forever. in February no. since nineteen eighty-five. Eighty-six, actually. I know. The Bears title. All right. Now <sighs> where were so Steamer getting the better of Flair? Then we get to another big celeb, Kurt Becker, who is another Bears <laughs> offensive lineman. Zero stars. Zero stars. More headlocks and a lot of resting, but it's building towards something. Flair rolls him over, grab the tights for the pin. Ricky reverses it. He's held the headlock. He he holds the headlock for twenty minutes, and they just keep doing stuff with the headlock. They're really milking it. So now um, I'm this far into the pay per view. It's it's actually pretty tiring at this point. No fault of either of the competitors, but I'm just it's really dragging that they're doing a wrestle for this long. If you isolate this match by itself, it's not tiring. But if you have to see the whole pay per view before this, it Absolutely. is tiring. So, um, where were we? Rick Flair takes control. The ref has some sort of badge hanging out of his shirt. Did you notice that? <laughs> yes, of course that? I did. He's the sheriff. He's the sheriff at this time. Yeah. So Flair's cheating right in front of Tommy Young, who's not looking at his. He's counting, and Flair's legs like are on the, on the ropes <laughs> right above his head. Yes. And he's not looking at yes. all. It's literally right And then in front there's of a him. kick out,
2: and then Rick stays on top and he counts again. Yes.
1: So we went through a six count, basically, yes, withricks over feet on the and ropes. over and over and yeah. over. So um, but it does pick up from here. The crowd starts to just kind of explode. They're super hot. Steamboat misses a crossbody. The action speeds up again. A double underhook suplex. It doesn't finish flare. Ross is screaming at this point. He's losing his mind. The match is just firing on all cylinders. Um, they're telling a great story. They're both exhausted. Finally, Steamboat hits a cross body. It knocks out Tommy Young. Flair gets no count. Flair's trying to revive the ref. He sidesteps the flying body press. Flair goes for the figure four. Steamboat hits a small package. Teddy Long now slides in. Counts, so another screwy finish. And new NWA World Heavyweight Champion, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Flair. What? What? What did I say? Did I say no, something? no, no. I heard you. So we have a new champion. This match from Meltzer, five stars. It's close for me. I think it's a perfect match. Like, so yeah, it is. It, it's a it's a perfect match. They the back and forth. The, I mean, you really didn't know who was going to win at any point. That's what no, you. No, not at that's all. That's what you always want out of something. Um, isolated, yes. I mean, it is. If I was watching it in the day, and I was you know like watching it live as a pay-per-view and i was writing these and giving ratings for it would i give a perfect five stars probably not but uh maybe four and a half or or four and three quarters but it's incredible by two of the best workers of all time flair was such a dominant heel champion and it was always great to finally see a baby you know you see baby faces like but the most memorable i think with him were were at this time, we're definitely Sting and Steamboat because, I mean, they just gave him so much to work with. I think the Steamboat much was a much better worker than Sting. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, career-wise, like longevity, obviously give the Sting, but yeah, but Ricky could he could wrestle. Ricky could go with anybody. Yeah. anybody. Mm-hmm. And and man, so perfect, perfect match. Now we go backstage. Um, oh, I forgot to ask how many stars. Did you get this one? Five, zero. Bags of popcorn. Zero. Perfect. Zero so, stars. Um, backstage, we go to the baby face locker room. Oh, by the way, can mm-hmm. I just say I love the roll-up for the
2: finish? I know that that's kind of overdone, and it's it's looked at as a weak finish. But but, this was a small package, with, though. This was okay, not a roll-up. Okay, fine. Yeah. But it's a version of a roll-up. But at this time, with this kind of a match unexpected it 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 is totally believable yes because of the way that they ran and just how exhausted everybody was no, that's was, a great was point perfect. that was is really a, really good
1: it's a great point it just it's a it's a standout finish it's totally different than um pretty much most of anything that they were doing um, at the time i mean it was just uh, really well done um well so, you had the screwy stuff you had the extra falderol and whatever but this t- it works here. It worked with this, yeah, you know, it did, the ref knockouts one. and, yep. like I said, Teddy Long, you know, sliding in with the soul glow all over him. He was easily able to slide right into the right <laughs> spot
2: because it was on the on Make the ring. Count. Yes, it was it was on the was ring. So yeah, so it's been there. He like, slid right like dirt. a UFC
1: fight, like the blood slides on the canvas. all the way from one rope. Like Billy Gunn <laughs> the when, row. He, when he hits that, like he goes all the way to the other yes. side. He Just falls, falls out. <laughs> That would have been something, right? Yeah, that, would that would have be been great. a great finish. So let's like get a slip and slide. So we go back. We go back to the babyface locker. I knew you'd like that. We go back to the babyface locker room with the new champ Ricky Steamboat. Uh, he's getting a champagne bath from the other babyfaces. You see Luger, Steiner, uh, the Sweet stain is back there. <laughs> Head wound Luger. Head wound Luger. Uh, so Ricky tries to cut a promo, but but Michael Hayes just continues spraying him in the face with some type of golden substance into his eyes. Yeah. Um then we Ick. go back to then we go back to uh so we you know he cuts his promo well, I love to see that WCW always did that with the with the baby faces all together. Um but then we are gonna cut out to JR and Magnum for a recap. And it looks like this show is over. And as no. we go from one show to another you're listening to what's the name of Art Bell show um, you're listening to Coast to coast, coast, to coast with George Norrie. <laughs> and we today we have a guest as uh, a fired NASA scientist I was, seen him he was uh he was um arrested and uh, for exposing himself to aliens <laughs> <laughs> exposing aliens uh I, I to, flew
2: I flew over I flew my little my bush plane um <laughs> over the area 51. And, and they kept saying, hey, stop,
1: stop. Stop doing that. Stop. But I kept exposing <laughs> myself I kept to the aliens. Because, they kept seeing the truth, me on the radio. The truth
2: is more important to me than any of your regulations.
1: Yes. Yes. I agree. I agree. <laughs> so we are done for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Share it with the people at your local tennis club that you go to. Yes. Share it on Insta. Share it on. Uh, at us on uh, Instagram. Add us on Facebook. You can listen to us now on 700 AM radio. Yes. Uh, right before the George Norrie, the Coast yep. to Coast with Art Bell, mm-hmm. with George yep. Norrie. Yep, yep, yep. You can listen to us every night on Spotify, on Platinum Goose Radio, on Apple. <laughs> I just. I, I
4: Hulk, I <laughs>
1: Wait, from, Dong Radio. All right, so thank you for this week. Uh, we'll be back next week. We don't know what we're going to cover. Go enjoy the pay per view if you haven't seen it yet. The Elimination Chamber. Uh, there was fifty something thousand screaming Aussies. Um, were they in, are they in where are yes. they? Australia? Yeah, yeah. Ireland? Head button. New Zealand? Kangaroos. Yes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. go check out those uh, meat matches that they got on the show, you mm-hmm. bunch of marsupials. And uh, we'll see you next week with another episode of Too Much to Cover. Goodbye. Bye. You've been listening to Coast to Coast with Art Bell, starring George Norrie. And then they told
2: me to land that plane, <laughs> and I just says, <laughs> No. The truth is more important than your regulations.
1: I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners all over the globe so far. We appreciate each and every one of you. We appreciate all of our wonderful sponsors. Keep tuning in. Tell your friends and family about us. We'll keep the content coming. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Podcast Addict. Don't forget about your browser. You can listen there as well. Stay tuned for more. Too much to cover with Hercules and Adonis. Godspeed and party on.